Aussies, New Zealanders, Americans, Canadians unite. We have all escaped the group <laughs> stage of MSI. Maybe more of an achievement for uh, some of those countries than others. But uh, <laughs> we have a special episode today that's Hotline League episode 172. Uh, and, of course, our sponsors are Alienware and Gamefield. We will uh, shout them out and talk more about them more later in the stream. But before we get to our uh, oceanic friends here on the show, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, great. Uh, are you awake? Are we- no. Okay. I'm tired. I, f- I felt really tired today. Uh, so uh, we w- I woke up at 6. I watched all the games. Then immediately afterwards, you and I did like a 40-minute thing together of Judge reacting. And then I did the dive after that, which had some uh, a couple of technical hiccups, which made it take a little while. And then right around like 4 o'clock, I started dying. Um, did you get a nap in at least? For like 20 minutes. But now I have my Mountain Dual Game Fuel to wake me up. Excellent choice. You didn't. You didn't call it <laughs> do amp game fuel. So I, I I'm working on the no amp. I'm just yes. reading. That's why I was looking you, at you it. Can, you're all ears. Just like it's it's a teleprompter for you. You can only yeah. Read I'm just this. mountain dual do charged watermelon shock okay. game. You fuel are very zero zero calorie energy drink watermelon flavored with other natural flavors zero calories. Okay. Okay. Energy. We're good. Anyway, we have uh, nepotist. Uh, coaches on the show today. Uh, so we have Spooks and Swiper. First off, I'm, I'm gonna let both of you guys introduce yourselves. Also, okay, wait, really quickly. We we all like hung out in 2014, right? Yeah, yes. we did. Okay, we had a, good, we had a, good, a, long, a lot of time ago. Yes, and I remember there was like a ton, there was a ton of people. That was like back when Fast Feast still lived. Oh no, now she's going back. Uh, there's like a whole, I remember just a whole slew of people for those that don't know after 2014 worlds, I went to, uh, to Sydney and then afterwards to PAX, which took place in Melbourne at the time. And, uh, and I really got, I enjoyed hanging out with all the oceanic pros at the time. Uh, it was a good, it was a good, good fun. Anyway, spooks, go ahead and introduce yourself. Maybe you can give your background for those that don't know. Yep. Hello, everyone. Um, for those who don't know me, I was a uh, pro player for since 2012, I believe. Um, I played a very long time uh, along with Mr. Mr. Swiper here. Um, we played together for for a fair few years, and um, yeah, I moved on to coaching as of last year. Um, seemed like the natural next step for me, and I was very fortunate to land a position on Golden Guardian. So uh, here I am. Nice to. Nice to introduce myself to everyone. And that that was purely because not because of any all those right. years of competing or anything like that. It was just like Enero knew you and he was like, Hey, I can get you some cash, some sweet American dollars mm-hmm. and he brought you over here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, something something like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you were you were so lucky. So lucky to get that job. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, uh, for, for those that don't know, the the joke we're referencing is all the the nepotism conversations around Anero's hiring practices practices a while ago, which I uh, I don't think had much merit. But uh, Swiper is here as well. Uh, we brought in not just one but two to celebrate Oceania's uh, great resurgence after a, an unfortunate twenty twenty. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself as well? Yeah, I mean similar to Sam. Uh, yeah, my name's Brandon or Swiper. People normally go go by me. 
Um, I've played, yeah, up until last the end of last year, I played some a bit more um, fresh in terms of like competitive competitiveness as a player. Um, so yeah, at the end of last year, I sort of just decided that it was time for me to hang up the boots and sort of try and translate my skill set into something that I think I could be really good at. And yeah, just landed the job with Golden Guardians. Um, hang up the boots, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Not Came the keyboard. <laughs> had the boots. You got the boots. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got over here uh, about early February, I think it was. And no, it's been good ever since. So enjoying the road. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, both of you are, are perfect guests to have on, uh, given the fact that we're going to obviously spend a lot of time talking about Cloud9's performance day. You guys now, I'm sure, have been getting up to speed uh, in the areas that you, you weren't previously up to speed on, on the North American stuff when you moved over here. So uh, I'm sure you'll be able to talk to that. But obviously, also, congratulations to Pentanet on advancing out of the group stage. I think work, a, a really, really cool moment for... Uh, Oceania, we'll talk more about that. But any callers from uh, Australia, New Zealand, anyone who cares about uh, the Pentanet stuff, feel free to to call in with your takes, and I'm sure that these two can talk about that. Uh, as as we're waiting, oh, Spawn is in the chat. He says, holy shit, finally some good OCE guests, unlike Spawn. Uh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, so uh, I know that there's a little bit of audio stuff. I've been trying to fix it. Uh, Twitch chat just keep me in the loop on if if we need anything. Um, but obviously the big news uh, was MSI groups previously playing slash groups now merged and now there's a rumble stage that we're headed off to. But uh, OCE made it out, Cloud9 made it out, uh, and then a bunch of other folks that I think we mostly would have have guessed to uh, to make it out did as well. Uh, Cloud9 just doing that today, and we're just a couple days out from Rumble, so the MSI just keeps hitting. Uh, we'll be taking those calls, and uh, Mark, if you want to explain how the show works, just in case uh, anybody's tuning in for the first time. Yeah, if you have never seen the show, it is a live call-in show. We'll be taking your topics, so right now in Twitch chat, I'm spamming the Discord link. Go ahead and join up there. Once you get there, uh, join the pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels. Mute your microphone once you get in there. No mouth breathers. And then in the Pleb Topics text channel is where you will write your take. I'll be scanning through there, pulling the ones I like, uh, and you will be pulled into the waiting room if you are selected, and you'll hang out there until it's your turn to be on. We'll do a quick audio check, make sure everything sounds good, and then you'll be on air to discuss it with us. And if it is your, uh, if you are, by the way, a sub, thank you for subbing. We've had a bunch of subs as Mark and I have been doing our sort of post-game day uh, broadcasts. Uh, you can also be sure to sync your Discord with your Twitch so you can get access to the subtopics chat. You can drop your take in there. It moves a little slower uh, at times. And so maybe a bit of an easier uh, chance of you getting on, but you have to make sure you still have a good take. Um, or, or maybe we can even have OCE questions. I don't know if, if we have some ignorant North Americans who are confused about that region and what's going on there. Uh, regardless, I, it sounds like my audio is pretty good. Mark, do you do we should we talk to our guests a little bit and then learn I a little so. bit about what's going on before we start taking the calls? I don't know if you have a question to start us off with. No, I don't have a question to start us off with. Go ahead, Travis. Take it take it away. You're an interviewer professionally. Oh dear God. Okay, here we go. So guys, I don't know I I don't know how connected you still are to the the folks back home and sort of the scene that is still there. I don't know what the past year has been like, uh, especially with the news at the end of last year on stuff closing down so i don't know how damaged the scene has been uh by mm. 
that stuff sh- by OPL shutting down. And I don't know how significant this feels to the folks back home, but I'd love to kind of get your perspectives on it. I'd like to go first, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the news last year obviously was a big shock to everyone. Um, just it was really we hit us got us hit by like a pretty big truck because like there was not really any warning either. Um, so we all had to sort of make the decision if like we're gonna really just try and stick to it and do like the part time stuff, which is what Pentanet are doing right now. Um, and yeah, like it was it was rough, like honestly. Uh, in terms of like the like how well they did, like not even I like really like I definitely doubted them. I'm sure like most people would have doubted them going into the tournament just because of like they're playing literally part time. Like they're not probably not scrimming as much as like any to any teams. Um, the salaries I don't even really want to talk about. It's just it's all really bad stuff. Um, so no, like for them to do as well as they've done is like pretty short of just amazing. Yeah, I'm like pretty proud of the region and I'm sure like a lot of people are. And that's why they're getting so much attention right now is because, yeah, it's pretty crazy what they've done. Well, because there were a lot of people dismissing what they did as like, ah, well, if Vietnam was in their group, they wouldn't have made it out. Uh, mm. And and so, but I, I think to your point, you know, a lot of people don't realize, I mean, I certainly didn't realize that these guys were doing it part-time. Uh, it sounds like a lot, maybe a lot of them are also doing school and or work as well. So uh, given that we're in a tournament where people are getting paid millions of dollars to do this full time, there's huge infrastructure, all that stuff. Even just getting getting out of the group, uh, I think, is is fairly significant. So I don't yeah. know, it's pretty cool. Uh, Spooks, I don't know if you wanted to add on to anything that Swiper said. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess to give like a bit of context about like the history of the OPL, um, I think it's a region that's kind of struggled since the very beginning even when Riot kind of made uh, its introduction into the region. But um, realistically, it's always been hard to become like a full-time thing for most players. Um, I know when I started my career, it was like balancing between uni and playing. Um, And then they kind of slowly tried to introduce like a system where players could move into a gaming house and play. But realistically, it was never gonna be something that was sustainable for any player. Um, and so every year, kind of and kind of similar, uh, the issues that NA have as well. We had we had a lot of problems with solo queue, um, just due to like the the low volume of players as well. Um, so our quality of practice has never been too great. The resources in the region has been very low, um, and I think we I think as a region we copped a lot of flack in spite of that. Um, so this year, even after like Riot kind of left the scene. The fact that they're able to like even make a dent let alone like make it out of groups is pretty phenomenal um and i think it's just on that group of guys kind of able to perform under pressure i think i was reading some article about um i think Pabu was mentioning that they they barely had any scrims coming into the event like they didn't even know what the meta was because they were like a f- at the event like a few days beforehand um so the fact that they're able to actually kind of make a mark is is uh, really, really insane and, and really good for the region to hopefully kind of keep going, stay alive, I guess. You you were talking about server pop, and uh, just yep. for fun, I, I Googled population of Australia, 25 million people. Population of California, 39 million people. So uh, I can imagine, and obviously you guys have New Zealand, it's not, it's not just Australia there, but uh, it is it is a much smaller population just simply 
in, uh, due to the size of the population in the, the region. So uh, yeah. it is, it's always been a struggle, as, as you've said, I'm sure, to find those folks. I, who was it I was talking to? Um, I was talking to one of the OS pros who said, when the ping is low, the something will flow is like a saying that they say over there. The the mechanics will flow. What's the phrase? Oh, I mean, was that in 2014? Because that might have been like pre OS server. No, no, this was this <laughs> oh, was okay. recently. Maybe it was a maybe it was a, a Zoomer that you guys uh, maybe one of the newer pros that made it over here or something like that. But ta- mm, I, one thing that one. you guys do have the benefit of is low ping, is my understanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we get to play on about seven, seven to eight ping if you're in Sydney. So it's definitely a positive. Um, but like, yeah, the queue times in like the Grandmaster Challenger games, you're gonna be waiting for about an hour for a game, and that's not even exaggerating. So it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Any ideas on how we could take your ping and bring it to <laughs> our population? Because I feel like then we could maybe make this work. <laughs> uh, we just need to export all of our pro players to Sydney. Uh, that's the that's the reality. Mark and I were having like a half theoretical conversation about should we just move the LCO over to America and put all these players in Chicago? Cause we realized that for the price of one sword art, you could finance the entire region, <laughs> pay everyone's salaries, apparently much more than they're getting paid now, plop them down in Chicago and uh, just run the region from there. Um, so I, I, I thought, yeah. And so I, I, you know, maybe, maybe I was thinking about it backwards and we should actually be sending all of yep. LCS to Sydney to play on the seven seven ping. You guys are you guys are more than welcome. We're all more than welcome to move to Sydney. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's everyone loves there. It's, it's <laughs> pricey nice. though. It's pricey. I remember it. It is pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So is LA is. though. To be fair. True. True. Um, Mark, have you have you thought of anything uh, yet that you want to talk to these guys about? No, I was reading. I was reading a Discord for the the takes. The takes. Okay. I mean, so I did pull one that was a question that I wanted to ask, but it's basically the first topic. Um, you know, I'll be able to follow up off, off that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Mark, do you think, are any of the takes basically around what Pentanet can accomplish now that they've made it to Rumble? I don't know if you pulled uh, anything. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but let's just say the Discord is not not full of believers. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then So I can pull one if you guys, if you want, but I don't... <laughs> I mean, we should definitely pull at least some Pantanet stuff. I'm sure these guys can either agree or disagree, uh, even if there's a bunch of a bunch of haters. I don't want to silence the. Uh, you accused me of being thought police, I think, earlier today, Mark. So I, I don't know. Um, Was I wrong? Well, I'm. I'm just saying we can talk about anything. I'm sure. I'm sure Spooks and Swiper can take some uh, some unbeliever unbelievers uh, into oh. the conversation. Uh, but let, well, let me ask you point. guys this: What, where do you think, where, where do you think that what, what can Pentanet do now? Uh, because a lot of people do not expect them into Rumble. Now uh, they're going to be facing a whole slew of some scary teams. So, um, is is there much hope for them? Level uh. one. <laughs> Pick just cheese, cheese level one. Just yeah. tilt. I swear, I swear, Classic. like the best way to bait a team that is significantly better than you is level one. So that's my advice to them publicly. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Like they've had a good, like they've done really well getting to this point. Um, if I'm being extremely honest, uh, they're probably not going to get anywhere further past this point. They might take one game like here or there, depending on what team they play. But 
No. Like, if if, the, if you're asking if they're going to, like, make it past the next stage, it's, I think it's pretty impossible. Yeah. Um, but we can always have hope. Uh, fair enough. So, so, I mean, it sounds like you have a... Maybe these calls will be will be good, and or maybe not so so offensive. Then, if Mark has to pull some some tough people, I found I found, I found an acceptable one. Okay, <laughs> right, is there is there any um for for both of you guys? I don't know if you know of any interesting stories or anything about these players in particular, because obviously we like the sad thing that I've seen for Oceania previously is like the region will make it to a plan and then just kind of bust her out. And there's not even really a moment for like there to be much content or like you don't really learn too much about the players because by the time the main event starts, unfortunately, Oceania hasn't moved on. So obviously, I feel like Pavu gained a ton of notoriety whenever he won the 1v1 at All-Stars. But I, I don't know if there's much else you guys know about these guys or any interesting stories about what's going on. I've actually, um, funnily yes. enough, I've, I've played with Pavu um, for Team Victoria. Um, I think this was the, was this the year I retired. I think so. Um, I think uh, the one thing that stood out about me, I think I think Pablo like comes across, um, and he likes to portray his brand with like the flashy green hair, and kind of just make an impact through like bit of bit of banter. Um, and he's he's trying to make his splash that way. But I think like behind the scenes, he's actually just like very passionate about league, and he's kind of just. A competitor like the rest of the pro players like he was very eager to learn from me and the other the other veterans like when we played on a team um and he's very passionate about the game and he puts again like all the other pros like he puts all his time and energy into the game so i think as, as much as you see like the colorful pabu in the um i guess like in the media he uh he's definitely kind of like everyone else just trying to like make their mark on the scene so I thought for sure you're about to be like he's secretly an asshole. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would. This guy's toxic as fuck. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Everybody I cares mean, about him. And he didn't rotate the crab. So, on on that on that point, um, he was he was a bit of an a hole a while ago. Um, he he actually did he, he played top laner for like for a couple of years there yeah. before he came to jungle. So me and him have had a fair few biffs, but we always make up um, <laughs> at a bar or whatever. Uh, nah, he's he's a funny guy. He's very um, he can be quite emotional, but it's also like a positive trait of his. So how no. how crazy toxic is the O scene? Because like obviously there's been like Shurnfire drama and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I I I know that like okay when I went to Australia, maybe I shouldn't look if this is something I should not be making a joke about. I apologize in advance, but I know that it they're like. I have this image of Australia where uh, my, my colleague Zareen, who I was spending time with at the time, was telling me about how they, like, would shut down bars very early because people would get in fist fights and, like, mortally injure each other. So I just, yeah. I've merged that image in my mind with with Oceanic solo queue and the, the scene there, so... Oh, uh, um, that's Brandon's territory. <laughs> in Sydney, he got the curfew. I don't think um, I have the curfew anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I think we're very, like our culture, like we're very honest, I would say, and like blunt, like we will get straight to the point if we need to, uh, even if it's over all chatting League of Legends. Um, so in that, in terms of that aspect, like there's been some arguments, there's been some like heated, heated, heated situations, but overall I do think like we can be very kind as well. That's the thing that I like, really liked about the Oceanic scene is that we're like a pretty tight group of people, like every single team. 
Um, so like when you'd go out after like a tournament or whatever, and the tournaments back then used to be very fun because they'd be like sort of just a one weekend thing. We didn't really have like a season or anything like that. So, I mean, it's developed more over the years, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a love hate relationship with everyone. I think, uh, and we can hop into calls in just a second, but I, I one last question I have for you guys, just in case we don't touch on it in the calls is, uh, Mark and I were talking about Pentanet and how they would fare in the LCS. Uh, Mark's opinion was like he, he thinks they'd be better than some of the the bottom teams. Uh, no, no, uh, no current teams, uh, you know, implied here. Um, but but even even we had a, a theoretical theoretical discussion on like should Jack, you know, who likes to to sort of flip his players on academy teams either up to the the LCS team or for big bucks by selling them off to other teams, should he try to do that? And then let's say Pentanet goes to Worlds, has another decent showing. Just bring over Pentanet, buy out the entire team, and uh, and throw them in the, as, the, as the academy team. I, I guess I'm just kind of curious, like what what do you guys think of P Pentanet from an NA perspective? You know, are, would they kick ass over here, or be at least be a mid mid tier team? And is there a world where like they would do a lot for the scene? I think um, my first reaction is. I think based on what I've seen from most of the guys that have come over who were considered, I guess, for honestly, if I'm being straight up, like I think we're better. Um, I think you're looking at Pentanet kind of being around like high academy, maybe. Um, definitely not. Yeah, it, definitely an academy team, like eh, who would be competitive for sure. But um, I think there is a little bit of a gap still. Um, and I, I think, I think like you, with a group of those kinds of guys, you need to throw them in an environment, start to the MSI, right? Where they can learn a lot from these teams who are much more experienced. Um, because pretty much all of what they've learned, like all of their macro is just bots. Like you, when we, when we played in O's, it was just like watching LCK teams, watching LPL teams and trying to learn as much as we can from them. Um, and, and you can learn a lot, but. A lot, I feel, of what you learn is when you actually play against these guys and you get punished for making bad mistakes and you get punished for being greedy. Um, so I think if you threw Pennanet into that kind of environment, um, they would definitely see a lot of growth. So uh, does that mean that we've essentially, or sorry, that, that making it into the Rumble stage is the equivalent of no org right now? Like no org would have went to MSI, made it out of their group, and is now in the, in the Rumble stage, you know, in terms of skill level for North American folks. I would say yes. That I mean, that's fun. That puts it into perspective a little bit for you, right? Like, we're yeah. like, can Cloud9 make it out? Please, dear God, our LCS champions. Meanwhile, Pentanet's over there like, let's fucking do it, guys. Uh, let's go to Proving Ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, from my perspective, um, I think something that Oceanic teams like do really well is they actually just play as a team um, and they make decisions together. And I think like... You find, like, I mean, just, like, watching a lot of games over here, like, in Academy and LCS and stuff, is, like, everyone plays for themselves, um, and they do it quite well. But when you have a team that just is very decisive and on the same page, like, the skill gap necessarily isn't really a thing. It's, like, you can close the gap by just being very decisive and being on that same page. And I think that's what PGD has done um, against Unicorns, because I would say, like, Unicorns love, like, individually, probably better than pgg across the board um it's just that like from what i saw like they were they really were explosive and like when it came to like the dragon control and dragon fights like they were just the better team around them team fights so 
that's that's yeah from my perspective yeah maybe not having anything to lose is an asset whenever you end up well, at these international <clears throat> events yeah the other thing I, I think i mentioned it then was like also in lcs you have a full league ecosystem kind of thing so you're playing games over week after week after week after week versus like a sprint here where it's probably much easier to keep spirits up after a loss in a situation like this a little bit because there's there's fewer games but if you get grinded out (laughs) for like three weeks in a row you're like fuck and i think some of that that stuff that is a big benefit for them here where they're they're playing really loose it feels like uh as the underdog that like the underdog spirit only (laughs) only goes so far before you're like i would just like to win (laughs) yeah Yeah. sure well look let's get into calls i know a lot of people are going to say hey we just spent so much time talking about os but uh I, I know that the majority of the calls are probably going to be about Cloud9 and some of the other teams, and so felt like it would be a good idea to take advantage of the guests that we have on and kind of tell the story of this uh, fun fun team that has made it uh, into the next stage of of MSI. Mark, you want to go grab our, our first caller? Oh, he's already off uh, to grab him. Fantastic. Well, while we're waiting on Mark to come back, thank you to uh, Man Bear Pig, Dwayne. Uh, Lieutenant Shiny Size, Spawn the Caster, uh, Salu Brights, Ein Scrub Vaults, Rebelcom, D9TV for gifting five subs. Thank you, D9. That's very nice of you. And Max Drixton back for 15 months. Uh, Mark should be back here very shortly. Uh, but, by the way, for those that were here before the stream started, I was playing a bunch of Mass Effect music because uh, I'm very excited about Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out later i know i know you guys are all esports fans so you don't actually play a lot of games but uh i'm i'm excited about franz is here or is it franz or franz uh franz franz where are you calling from yeah. calling from provo utah provo utah wait have you been on before yeah i was on a, a few weeks ago with ls that's right that's right okay i yeah. remember because the provo utah okay what do you want to talk about on the show sure yeah, so um, I think I've, I've seen a lot of stuff about the, the format of MSI, some some in favor of it and some uh, against it. I think uh, the format was was really good. Um, I think it allowed for, for minor regions like uh, OST to have a shot at competing with, you know, the major regions. Um, and I think it built hype leading up to Worlds. Um, I think MSI uh, allowing this sort of format where, where wildcard regions can compete with major regions uh, is really good for for branding uh, and a good time to, to have that sort of competition leading up to Worlds. Um, and, you know, we, we saw the, the the benefits of that with uh, Pentanet getting through. You know what's funny is I think throughout the week, Mark Mark and I, after every day, we would do our, our post-game stream or post-match stream. And uh, I think every day we would just be either up or down uh, constantly on the format. We where would we vibe const- check the format every day. Yeah, every day we would either... It would be like, ah, oh, today sucked. This format sucks. And the next day it would be like, whoa, that was crazy. How cool is it that this happened? Uh, this format's great. Um, so I think now, perhaps because of today, I like the format a lot. Um, sort of looking back over the, the last six days. But um, why don't why don't we throw it in with uh, Spooks and Swiper? What do you, what do you guys think of the format, especially having that minor region or? By the way, what is what do you guys like to be called? Uh, minor region wild card? Is there a less offensive? What's the terminology that is least mm. offensive to your region? I've grown mm. up being called a wild card region, but you, I mean I don't mind either. Okay, so. my is it is minor better than wild card? You're saying? Minor, what do you? I Actually, mean, what would you really call your region? I, I mean, I, I I call us a wild card region first. Okay, 
Okay. Um, yeah. I think yeah, uh, I think most Australians love the the kind of underdog story. So I guess I guess wildcard fits that more so. I mean, I guess they both fit that, but. Twitch chat in the, uh, has, is saying something that Riot tried to push a couple years ago, which is emerging region. I feel like after Riot has shut down that region mostly, you can't really call it emerging anymore, as <laughs> uh, the joke that I, I made previously. So Parched region. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, retired region? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, so Spooks or Swiper, I don't know if you guys want to dive in on, on the format stuff. Um. I, I I like I mean I like this this MSI format um, personally. I I did like as a player. I'm also enjoyed like going to a separate tournament like a wildcard tournament where like all of the wildcard teams fought against each other like multiple times. I think that that's where like you could showcase your skill a little bit better. But I mean like you have more you have like a when you go to like this current format you have the chance to get out like. It's a bit easier, if that makes sense, than like winning a whole wild card like tournament format where you have to verse each other multiple times. So in terms of like opportunities, I think like this format does benefit us more. Um, but yeah, as a player, I did enjoy the, the previous one. So I will say, as I'm a little bit bitter about this topic because uh, as Fiverr knows, we had uh, what two years straight of doing wild card events, and then the next year where we lost. They let the wildcard teams go straight to Worlds and MSI. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately for us, we are missed out on those events. Um, but personally, I think I, I think that the kind on what Doss said, I think the wildcard events are more competitive, and I think that they allow they allow for teams which are at that higher end. Of, of those teams to kind of like go to Worlds and then they get the opportunity to like fight for upsets. And I feel like I personally think that's better. Um, kind of watching like RNG, for example, just grind out like all these teams. Um, it's not really a spectacle that I'm a huge fan of, um, but yeah, I mean, there's arguments for both, I guess. But what about when you see DFM pushing damn one? You know? Oh yeah, no, DFM is Smurfs though. That's what, that's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I would just I would just say that DFM would win the wild card event, and then they would go to Worlds and then get some upsets, and then you can kind of filter out the rest of the games. You know what I mean? You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean it's interesting to hear because that was one of the things that we were struggling with because NA is as a region just in a weird spot where like, you know, when we lose to Korea or China or something, you know, it's just like we feel like we should be competitive with them, even though realistically we're underdogs. But like the fan and community sentiment is more like, ha you guys fucking lost idiots. And so like, it feels like we're in this like weird position of like, well, we don't really relate to a lot of the emerging wildcard. Yeah, losing, losing to an emerging wildcard minor region is like incredibly embarrassing. You know, it's just like the, the worst thing you could possibly do. But, but well, but that's what it's like. We're in like this weird super position yes. where it's like, okay, we're not actually playing with the t three top regions usually, but we also have the same expectations put on us. And so we're just in a constant disappointment. And it's hard to be like, well, how do the minor regions view the major regions and playing them? Because, you know, I would have thought, or sometimes the way that you hear it pushed is like, well, I'm sure these guys are happy just to even play RNG, even if they're getting their asses slapped the whole time. And it's like, it's interesting to hear that you know you guys who have been through the system are actually like no we'd rather play competitive games versus people that we have a real chance of, of beating and just displaying that we're better than and filtering up because i mean it, it does go a little bit i think against the grain that you hear repeated um by a lot of people i honestly i feel like one thing that riot could do that would be really neat 
is to to do kind of both to give spooks his like wild card tournament but then also let a lot of these teams compete against some of the bigger names like i almost wonder if you couldn't do something where you send like the top two teams from every one of these wildcard teams or wildcard regions into a single tournament let them all kind of fight each other and then some of the top players go there because i i think it is really a good point that like going it, it probably feels really nice to go compete against teams and regions that should be approximately your level rather than just getting slapped around by rng however but it's also quite nice i'm sure to have a chance to like like if if uh who wait who was the emerging or the minor region in the wild in the rng group that i'm forgetting you all oh yeah if they had done no not you all because they were in um, oh yeah you're, you're right you're right you're right um sorry, wrong, sorry. sorry it's been a long day for both of us uh but if ul or pentanet had taken games off rng that probably feels really great or even if they push them to like a base race or something you know mm -hmm. so I, w I wonder if there isn't something where you could try to do a little bit of both as as sort of throwing a bone to some of these regions that don't have the development resources that uh the major regions do yeah, I would say, I would say that's kind of what the old wildcard format used to do in a sense. I think yeah. it was top two, was it top two that used to go to worlds? They're like advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, um, yeah. yeah. I just, I just, I think, I'm not sure if they have the resources to kind of run that event for the the minor region teams, which is kind of my understanding of why they collapsed it all into one. So it's funny that, you say that because I think. But, Riot makes billions and billions of dollars. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I think they might have the resources. I'm not yeah, sure, though. But I think they could find Potentially. It. Yeah. But I, I, that was my understanding. I can't remember who my resource was, but sure. I'll, I'll let them know. I'll, I'll question them after the uh, the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same. Like, I think you know, Papa Smith in the chat said it, but I think it's, it's the real answer is the formats to like get the average viewership up. And so when you put RNG in, you know, a decent portion of the Chinese fan base is going to watch no matter what. Um, and so it, it justifies it in a cost sense more to get the, the viewership up. But I mean, how, I, I don't know exactly how much it costs to really run, you know, a, a quick tournament beforehand that prunes it out. Um, I mean, it would be an interesting question to go around. Like it's tough to do this because just getting in touch with everybody in different languages is weird, but like, if you were to go ask all the all these different regions like what what like both the fans and maybe the people competing in them like which format do you prefer what people would say um because it sounds like from you guys i think mark and i and a lot of people probably would have expected that you would have preferred this format to the previous one uh but it sounds like you guys like the, the previous one a bit so I, I don't know as a player i prefer the current format but i think kind of as a viewer, like watching this event, I would prefer the wildcard format. Oh, okay. I think as a player, just getting the opportunity to like play against one of these teams and potentially just have like a miracle game is like what you dream of. It's kind of kind of what you play like League 4, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, as, as a viewer, I think it's better to go the other way. I mean, you yeah. have to imagine that Chaz telling crying that he's going to solo kill him <laughs> and then actually solo kill him it has to be like a, like a career highlight for him yeah mid, mid gap yeah <laughs> uh franz what do you what do you make of all this stuff this conversation we're having 
Yeah, I mean, um, so that that was kind of something I wrote down just as a note that uh, most of the the negative uh, sort of feeling that I've that I've seen toward the format has been because uh, RNG just you know they played eight games where pretty much everyone they could have FF at fifteen every time. Um, but I think uh, I think if the if Vietnam would have come and attended, I think it would have been uh, there would be a, there'd be a different sentiment around that group. Um, and it would have only been more hype. Um, I just think, you know, if, if there's a chance for uh, for minor regions to be able to play major regions like this, I think MSI is a great place to do it because it's it's branded as sort of like a mini worlds that builds hype for worlds at the end of the year. Um, and so I think that's just a it's just a good opportunity to do something like this. And yeah, it, like the the sort of sour taste uh, left in people's mouths because of uh, Vietnam not coming was it was kind of a bummer just to watch RNG stomp, but um, I think it's still good overall. And and by the way, we're obviously talking a lot about this from the perspective of either the players or the viewers. But the business case, as Papa Smithy is pointing out in chat, is is that the international wildcard event, and I'd have to I'd have to check these these numbers, but I trust them. Twenty to thirty k uh, in viewers often, and uh, in this situation. Obviously, I think we were seeing at least on Twitch for just the English stream, we were around 150 to 200. So, probably probably a bit more expensive in some ways, but uh, perhaps they're making that back in the in the viewership. The only thing is, I'm really curious, uh, Mark, how weird it's going to be, like how long this event is going to feel, because I work because we just did six days of groups, and now we have is it another six days of groups? Yes, or is it five? It might be five. It might be five. Because uh, like maybe that would make sense because we obviously have a different uh, number of of game of days um, or sorry yeah, teams and games, but I I could I am I'm really interested to revisit this conversation on the next show because I could see a world where we're like oh my god we're still watching MSI and we haven't even made it to a bracket stage yet we've watched like you know eleven or twelve days this is insane um, so I wonder if there's going to be some viewer fatigue. Uh, from that perspective, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it looks like it's five. You were right. You yeah, were it's right. it's a lot of best of ones. There's there was there's what six a day for these six, thirty six, and there's six a day for the next five. So that's another thirty. So you have sixty six games of best of ones. Is that right? And then you have three best of fives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At most well, fifteen games. games. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So as I said, let's revisit this format conversation, perhaps as the event continues. Franz, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to say before we go on to uh, a quick break? Uh, shout out to Alienware and Game Fuel. Shout out to uh, uh, everyone in uh, in Melbourne. I lived in Melbourne from uh, 2017 to 2019. Oh, Great place. Miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Love Melbourne. I actually, uh, and I feel for uh, for my for my uh, Vietnamese brothers. I actually learned Vietnamese down there as well. Uh, so shout out to all the Vietnamese fans. Nice. They have great coffee there. Uh, I I do recall do. that. Yes. Yeah. Thank much you so better much. than here. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. okay. Okay. <laughs> You're new to the city. You know, it's maybe like, it's not even close, guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, Franz, for the call. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. We're gonna take a quick break to talk about. Alienware, our first sponsor, uh, chat for the evening. Uh, I have been teasing my and my outros all week long, and I'm realizing now that I'm going to release some videos that have this outro. It's going to be outdated, and I'm 
I'm just this is hitting my face right now, and I have to figure out how to deal with this. Regardless, uh, today Alienware announced some cool stuff. So first off, they announced a revision with updated specs to the M15 line. So they now have a M15R6. However, they have now. If you go over to, uh, you can see this on their Twitter, for instance, at uh, Alienware. They are they have announced that they are going to create something called the Alienware X series which is gonna include industry first innovations. These, these are, this is another new line of notebooks. So previously they had the M15s and M17s. Uh, now you're gonna have these X series as well. Uh, there's a bunch more details coming on June 1st, but it's really exciting to see them unveil this. There's already been, I think, some teasers in the media. If you Google around a little bit, you'll find uh, some stuff, but uh, it's it looks like it's gonna be really nice. If you're looking for like a nice thin gaming uh, notebook the from the images and everything that they're showing it looks like it's gonna be awesome so if you're you're in the market uh, perhaps consider Alienware and maybe maybe keep an eye on on, on June 1st uh, in just a couple of weeks for a lot of the really cool innovative stuff that they are doing uh, some some really neat stuff that they're teasing around heat dissipation for those of you that are really curious about wanting something that's thin but also isn't gonna stop working immediately whenever you try to turn on a game so Either way, thanks so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And in the meantime, while you wait for June 1st, you can always go to Alienware.com slash Travis. And we have a, uh, a code, a new code in the YouTube description below if you're watching on YouTube. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And stay tuned for June 1st as they announce uh, some more cool stuff. All right. I think we're ready for our next caller. If thank Mark you, Alienware. Yes. Yes. Uh, you guys can actually say that because... Uh, Sometimes we have folks on here, and it's very awkward when they have a conflicting sponsor. Uh, mm. But it's it's very nice when Spawn comes on because Spawn also sponsored by Alienware, so he'll just pull out all this Alienware stuff. As, as I got the uh, Alienware headset on, so a yes, bit of branding, did a brand yes. placement, and we're gonna ignore Swiper right now. Okay, he doesn't. Yep. He he he's just sitting over there. He it's a completely it. unbranded headset that he's wearing. Okay, Dally Man is here. Dally, where are you calling from? Henrietta, New York. Henrietta, and have you been on before, or you just subbed before? I recognize your name so much. Um, I've been on a couple times. I was the guy who um, predicted double if leaving, like, a year ago. Nice. Well, thanks for that one. Anyway, what do you want to uh, <laughs> talk about on the show? Uh, so, my take is that Damwon is still the best team, despite losing the game to C9 today. Um, they were in probably one of the tougher groups of the ones like rng basically had a group of death group so but if you watched closely in the c9 game today damwon weren't down in gold until they lost so like despite like losing a lot of the skirmishes early on in the game and going down kills they were going net positive in gold like they don't make many mistakes and that is extremely scary going against one of the top four teams in the tournament and still not making those mistakes and still being ahead as far as they were. Okay, so question for you, Dally Man. What was uh what was Damwon's record for the day? Uh two and one. Okay, what was C9's record in the day? <laughs> Three and oh. <laughs> okay, so when you tell me Damwon, best turn team in the tournament, <laughs> I'm like thinking a little bit about these numbers from today and uh Seems seems like there's some pretty good evidence that right now there's a stronger team is what I would say. Right. And and a fanboy, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Well, let's before before we get to our coaches, Mark. Uh, what what do you think of of this? Because we talked a little bit about it on our post game today, but maybe some people missed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Damwon definitely never had goal deficits their entire time, let alone the C nine loss. You know, like uh, when DFM should have won the game after having two in hips down, and then straight ran it into the third in hip. You know, no way was that dangerous for DFM to drop a game to to a wild card region. I mean, Damwon dangerous for Damwon, yeah. Yeah, that was, it wasn't dangerous for Damwon, not, nor was their, their second game against uh, DFM where they, they also fell behind a little bit, I think, uh, with some skirmishes. So so Mark agrees with me, by the way. There we go. <laughs> no, uh, I don't agree that C9 is better than, than Damwon. But I, I think I that's think, what uh, you just said. I think that it was not like a single instance of Damwon struggling a little bit. If it was just like they dropped one game to NA, I would I would totally be like, yeah, you know, it's like they it's the best of one. Anyone can lose a game, but they legitimately could have lost multiple games this this play in. But to so his to the caller's original point, uh, do you think Damwon is the best team in the tournament? Uh, no, not anymore. I, I thought that going in. I'm, I'm an RNG fanboy now. They tweeted at me. Oh, did they? So, okay. Yeah, right. I like them. All right. Spooks, why don't we toss it over to you? What do you think? Damn one. What have you seen? What do you think? I think um I think Damon are an insanely good team. But I think the gap that I guess you hear from a lot of players between Damon and C9, for example, is is narrower than what people think. Um You mean when Hanabi said that any team can make it out except for Cloud9? That perhaps that's not indicative of the true strength of these teams. Yeah, I think I think that's a little rough. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I haven't I haven't seen really like what the scrims are looking like over there. Maybe it's telling a completely different story. Um, based on the matches that I've seen, though, it's it's not this just enormous like unmanageable gap between the teams. Um, and I think that's well, like obviously we saw that today with C9 taking a game. In saying that, I think Tom wanna really effing good i don't know what the uh censorship is like on this show You're um, free to do whatever. Can, don't okay. use don't use the aussie swear words but okay. feel free to use the american swear words we can't we're not aussie sure. swear word friendly okay i would just say that with teams like rng and teams like don one a lot of western teams are looking at their vods and kind of trying to learn as much as they can from these types of teams so yes that they are the best teams in the tournament is my, is my answer to that okay I guess. But well, let's put it this way: He uh, Dallyman says that he does. He thinks Damwon is. So I assume Dallyman, you think Damwon gets out first in Rumble? Dally, I think it? they should. I think they should, but I don't know with the um, how DFM or were playing against them, like how they were playing, and like they could still lose in like a draft to a wild card team. Or yeah, I'm not saying they go undefeated. But, I'm not saying they go undefeated, but we've got five days of group stage round draw, and you're telling me that in five days, the best if, team in the no, tournament, Dom, 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 Dom will take first. Then okay, in okay. yeah. So then I'll throw, I'll, I'll take that over to you, Spooks, because uh, you were talking about RNG and Damwon. Do you think that uh, they will? Which, which one gets out first in, in Rumble, or maybe I don't know if there's another team you're looking at, like Pentanet, that you think will be Ooh. getting out first? It's close. It's close. <laughs> uh, um, I'm a big fan of Way, and I'm, I'm a big fan of like how RNG play the game. I think it's nice that it's very free flowing. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with RNG. Okay. Swiper. 
Yeah, um, I mean, what Mark was saying, I think both the games versus C9 weren't, like, incredible or anything like that. I definitely think they pressure fairly well, um, even when they're behind, but they were showing some weak signs, like Beryl and, like, Canyon on Rumble just wasn't, wasn't it. Wasn't looking good. A lot good. of rough one. Yeah. Um, I think, on, like, I, obviously my answer is I think RNG is the better team. I think... Because of the meta at MSI currently as well, it really favours like early game aggression and like strong solo laners. And I do think like RNG has that on on Dumbline. So yeah, I, I feel like they're gonna take the tournament right at this moment. But who knows? Yeah. Anything could happen in a week. But even though anything could happen, you think on the RNG. record right now, <laughs> RNG yes. uh, RNG will take we'll get out first all right well i i'm gonna go with rng as well so that's four of us all all thinking that uh, rng get out and rumble so we're gonna have to see hopefully pentanet is actually decent uh and maybe a little bit better than no org because otherwise we're resting all of our hopes on a team who looked really good by beating pentanet and a team that was worse than pentanet uh over and over again so uh <laughs> that that this might be a bold move on our part but uh yeah we'll see Okay, Dallyman, we all disagree with you. You have any Great. thoughts on anything? Get off you the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's man. Like, uh, what is, it's like America's Got Talent, you know? Like, once we all press the X button, you have to leave. Right. right. <laughs> uh, Dal oh, by the way, tr uh, TRBS in, in chat says people flip so fast. Again, six days of games, and, uh, and you think that's so fast? I, we've had the majority, almost an entire week. Certainly more than a business week's worth of matches. I don't think it's so fast. Um, but Dally Man, anything? Do you you want to throw any last words out here where you can you can taunt us before we end up all proven wrong? Um, well, C 9s winning anyway, so it doesn't matter who gets out first. So okay, I see. <laughs> uh, I see. Very good. We all like you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, shout out to Game Fuel, best energy drink there is. A little hard to find, but they're great. Hey, um, gamefield.com. Shout out to my stream. I stream every once in a while, not very often, but I hit top 100 recon last season, so that's kind of cool. Nice. So, yeah, that's it. Congrats. Well, anyway, right. we'll catch you next time. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Mark is off to grab our next caller. Uh, thank you to Beef Stews for the six months, Boars for the Prime, so many things for three years, 36 months. Hey, thank you so many things. That's awesome. Uh, it is it is really cool whenever people are here just for all these years. And Zaytus, thank you for the prime, as well. Raz says doesn't state his stream. I mean, he can say something in chat. Uh, full blown. Shout tilt. out to Raz. Full blown tilt is here. Where are you calling from? Wanted uh, to New Zealand. Oh, from New Zealand. Here we are. It's a recognizable accent. How are we? Uh, where whereabouts in New Zealand are you able? I don't I don't know if it's so small yeah. that you dox yourself by just literally stating a city. <laughs> well, no, Wanaka. Yeah, it's pretty small. South Island. Okay, very good. Well, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take is that Pentanet is the most dangerous team in the Rumble stage because if they take a single game off any team, it could prevent them from moving forward. Okay, well, do you want to uh, add to this a little bit or, or expand on that at all? Well, um, realistically, you know, I'm an OC fan, but I don't think we're making it into the semifinals. But uh, OCE teams have a history of like taking games off and like playoffs or plans from other teams. Like last year, they took three games, you know, against Mad Lions and whatnot in the plans. 
So in a sin- single best of one format, if they take any game, it could be uh, dangerous for any of the teams that try to get through. So they're here to to fuck with people. They're they're not here necessarily to get out, but they're to drag people yeah. down. Accurate description. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Well, Swiper. I think we went we went Spooks first. So, is this sort yeah. of the Aussie mentality? You guys go to these things and you're like, who who can we? We Oops, know that we're not going to be super <laughs> depressed going home. So who can we make feel way worse? Uh. Whenever we beat them. Honestly, the mindset I would just give the boys advice right now is just that. I mean, speaking from experience, like when you have nothing to lose, like you play significantly better in these tournaments. But when you realize that like you're almost there and you can actually like maybe make it, like I think that's when like the pressure really hits and they're probably not used to it because they entered the tournament with a different mindset. I so think they don't, just... don't have any copium is what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> go in thinking you're not going to win and I think they might take a game or two and yeah, Do obviously not... some people. This is the Golden Guardians Academy coach telling you, do not believe you're going to win. Believing in yourself, that is the key to to def- to defeat. So you need to make sure that uh, you don't uh, you don't believe that. Is he wrong though? Think about all the supervillains who lose and how fucking arrogant they are, you know? They just can't conceive of a world and then the plucky superhero takes them down. I think that's basically The only criticism I or the only concern is that I feel like one of the criticisms we levy against North American teams is that they play scared and need to play more confidently and they're a little too afraid when they go to these international events. So and I think that's criticism you love it against Cloud Nine in the first couple of days, Mark. So I mean doesn't it kinda doesn't no, it kinda contradict exactly you want like, them to be more confident. The problem was that they didn't they thought that they should win. And that's why there was pressure on them. Okay. You know, when they go up against DFM. But then after they lost DFM the second time they played them like, holy shit, these guys are so good we don't have a chance and that's why they won the second time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. This is good. This is good. Uh, but no, Swiper, I mean, do you think – you? I think you mentioned earlier maybe they take one game, but do you think that they can They can do this stuff? These level ones you're, you're suggesting, are they going to be able to drag some teams down potentially? Sorry, did you mean – because Spooks was the one that commented on the level ones. It wasn't oh, well, Spooks. yes, but I thought – were guy. you not the one that said – I think I thought that you had predicted that maybe they would only be able to take a game or so. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I said that. I, I mean, I think, like, they can take a couple of games, honestly. I mean, the teams, like, I don't think – like, other than maybe RNG, like, none of the teams look super, super clean. Um, And just I think if they get a perfect draft in a perfect scenario, they could take a couple of games, yeah. I think it's possible. Okay, I think that's a good question. Is like, okay. what is what is the realistic, like, end result? You know, you're gonna play what is it, ten games? You play each of the other each five, five teams twice. twice so, yeah. yeah, ten games. So like, is two and eight a good scoreline for them? Yes, I would say very yes. good, very good scoreline. <laughs> well, both these guys are like, I would take a two and eight in the rumble stage. <laughs> if of this I event. made it into the rumble group and went two and eight, like, fuck, you can wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> <laughs> Does it taste I mean, sweeter? That... Here's a question for both of you. Does it taste is it is it a better two and eight if you denied a team entrance into the bracket stage if they would have made it without without the loss? Depends on which team, I think. <laughs> which which team? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what what region do you hate that yeah, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, well, here, uh, <laughs> here's what here's what I was gonna ask you, Spooks, but specifically is like we're having a lot of uh, good fun on the show, palling around, being like, "Yeah, North America, Oceania." How are we? Are we? Is there a world where we're we're gonna get fucked by P 
Pentanet and Cloud9 doesn't make it out next week because of uh, just a random loss to Pentanet? Because that, that sounds like something that would happen. That would be pretty funny, honestly. I, I'm down for that storyline. Um, I mean, it's possible. It could happen. I think League is just like, it's one of those games where if you throw some kind of variable into the game early, it can just like snowball. And that's why you see these, these random wins every now and again. Um, and there's no reason why Pentanet can't do that. It's not as if these guys are like bad players by any means. They're all challenger players. Like I think Chaz was like the fourth highest on the ladder out of all the MSI players in the US right now, something like that. But all these guys individually, it's not like they're incapable of taking games. But if, if you run like a really slow paced, like macro based game, they'll, they'll never win against these guys. You just gotta, you gotta throw the variables in, which is why I'm a big fan of like the level one. Yeah. So Travis had a, had a, a bit of a, a question there, or like led me to a question, which was, what is the OSH mentality to NA? Because after Pentanet mm. won and qualified, they're basically like, fuck you, NA. You spent so much millions of dollars and you yeah. guys suck. And then, you know, we made it. I hate you guys. Wait, where, like, where did you see all this, Mark? Because I didn't see it. You said this was on the Pentanet. It's on that Twitter, yeah. Yeah, at the Pentanet main Twitter after they won. It was, I mean, like, it was, I, I didn't, wasn't, like, offended at it or anything, but it was just, like, kind of felt like it came out of left field. We're like, wait, why are we slamming NA? Well, it was with, <laughs> it was Mark and I talked about, we didn't really talk about this on the show, but it was yesterday before Cloud9 played, we had, like, every wild card re region in the world coming out to be like, by the way, NA sucks. You know, Holy Phoenix did an interview <laughs> with me and Hanabi and all, not that PSG necessarily, but, like, Pentanet's Twitter, et cetera, so. Uh, but yeah, get back to Mark's question, which is, what is the the perspective on North America? I think, I think like looking at Pentanet and kind of like the the vibe they're going for, it's like they're just trying to like start shit. And I think it's kind of like any kind of publicity is good publicity. So even if they just get stomped by C9, which is a very likely storyline, it's like we want to make a mark doing it, I guess. Um, I think I think that's the but from my perspective it's like NA is like the region of hope for OCE it's like when you when you're playing in OCE and like you're grinding the ladder it's like in the hopes someone in North America will notice you so that you get the opportunity to like play in that region is a narrow just like Jesus there is he just like the you're like oh man I hope I hope a narrow sees me one day he can he could bring me to to North America well I think we have less OCE plays than C9. C9 yeah, has, but the amount of players like, he's brought over, even starting back oh, when he yeah, was at Echo yeah. Fox, right? Yeah. So. The statue of an hero is, is <laughs> next to the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it actually started from NA's, like NA started the beef a little bit. Like, I feel like whenever <laughs> any, whenever any O's team comes over to NA and like does like a boot camp or scrims or just plays in the solo queue like we just get a lot of shit so <laughs> i think it started that way and now it's like we finally get to like take a little jab back so they definitely took that personal brandon <laughs> uh, nah, not personal travis i sent you in in the skype chat the oh yes i found it um i found it i guess i yeah let me pull it up on on yeah on stream. I, I think it's hilarious but it, it was it's definitely like i i always i would rather have people shit talking especially since it's not like they're targeting anyone in particular um which which i don't know it was it's just super funny uh to hear you know and i'm not surprised na started it honestly you know i feel like na Oops. back in 2014 
ish before like it really settled in that we were we were going to be the ones getting our asses kicked every international tournament where we still had a little bit of hope you know we probably ran our mouths a little bit too much and I'll, I'll yeah, read we had, this we had 200 ping as well i'll read for us. this out for uh <laughs> i'll read this out for the the podcast listeners na pay their players millions of dollars a year to get hard stuck in groups we play, pay our players a maca's <laughs> happy meal which by the way for those that don't know Australian for McDonald's, and we make it out. LMFAO. If any may want to get in contact with our players, <laughs> please ensure you have. What is this? A million? It's about five five AUD for a Happy Meal. Yes. Okay. Just <laughs> uh, for context. Yeah, JK. This team isn't for sale. They say. Did they have to follow up with that separately? I guess. Oh, I need to scroll down a little bit on the on the thing because I'm I'm not seeing it. There we go. Um, JK. This team isn't for sale. I wonder if eleven fifty six. Okay. It was sometimes I'm like when teams start when people start joking about like if you want to contact us if you want to do this I'm like okay we we're starting to enter into official poaching and tampering rules here are, are you opening up your player for sale uh, regardless uh, Mark that is yes that is pretty good I think they took another uh, I was just looking at their Twitter I think they took another hit on uh, on us as well earlier oh yeah because they tweeted nine hours ago. Did your region get knocked out at MSI 2020? Don't want to root for a major region and want to believe in the impossible? Welcome to the church of Penta Gaming Gods. We'll show you the way to the promise. And then the reply was to themselves was just, is C9 technically a wildcard team? So they're still coming at us. They're going all wow. in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of working. It's like 20K likes. Those are unseen numbers yeah. in Australia. <laughs> well, it's, well it's and we're talking about them, force. right? Yeah. This is what we were saying in, our, in the recap show. There was two unifying forces. Uh, it was one shitting on NA. Every everyone was doing it. Every team was getting in on it. And then the other thing was blabbers misplays. Every jungler came out and they're like, "We've been there, dude." Flashing for scuttle crabs. You know, Canyon yeah, was out Kobe there. Kobe was talking it. about that a ton. Uh, yeah, and then uh, with the whole uh, you know Yanko's popping off about the it's not his fault. Clip, yes. don't say jungle did. Jungle, jungle is laying up. Yes, <laughs> very good. Well, uh, full-blown tilt, I don't know if we've... I, we might have wandered a little bit off your topic, but I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to anything we've said. Nah, not really. I'm just starting to think that OCE's the new Danish players. Small server, but all high quality. Nice. Well, I'm glad glad to hear that. Is there... Because take. I'd love to... They're free for us uh, to take. We don't have to take a slot. Even in a world... Well... At least until until the owners lift the import rule. By the way, it's been about three months since Ryze talked about uh, refused to comment on that. Uh, full blown tilt. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, just my mate Alistair. He's old boomer like me, but he started to join me on the TFT grind. So shout out to him. Very good. Well, thanks thanks for the call. Yes. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Have a good one, mate. All right. Uh, Mark is off to grab our next person. Thank you to uh, Zetas TJ Mackey for the four months. I've been a, long, a huge fan for a long time. I live very close to Azale. Okay, that's a little. That's a. I'm glad to hear you're a long fan. I don't know if you need to know that. Uh, Rvigs, thank you for the prime. Yeti zero two two Land Shark Mora and Corporal Slinky. Fez is here. Fez, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Mobile, Alabama. And you've been on the show before, yes. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, tonight, I want to talk about uh, the comparison between C9 and Mad Lions, and it's really marginal in terms of performance. And also, Whippo saying that 
how Mad basically limped out of groups was 100% accurate, even if the European stands out there want to claim that they weren't taking it quote-unquote seriously. And lastly, I just want to like address how much hate MSI has pulled all these haters out of all poor parts of the, the corners of the earth, because it's just crazy how much shit everybody's talking about NA this year at MSI. Well, uh, first off, I wanted to say to any EU fans watching this, the uh, views of our callers do not represent the views of the hosts or uh, the show or any of its sponsors. Uh, no, but Fez, uh, what? so why don't you, you break down? We'll start with your first thing. Uh, why don't you, you break down why you think it is that uh, there's not much of a difference? You, are you suggesting that there is a slight gap and that Mad Lions is ahead, or are you suggesting there's there's pretty much no skill gap between the, the two teams? Actually, C9 has a little bit higher of a ceiling than Mad Lions, in my opinion. I, I think it's mainly because of the perks factor. And also, even though Fudge gets a lot of crap, I think he, as long as Fudge is on a kind of bruiser, lifesteal, kind of soak-up damage kind of champion, uh, I think he they will perform better as a team than Mad Lions will. And I, I actually think that the matchup between him and Arma would be actually quite fun to see. But I actually, like I said, I give it to C9 just marginally, and, and I mean that marginally. Marginally, okay. Uh, so what, what is marginally, 55-45? Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Okay, okay. Uh, well, let's let's start with this then. So, Mark, we were talking about this a little bit on the, uh, the after show, and I convinced Tim to do a run it this week on Mad versus C9 because uh, I'm a, I'm a little scared about what his conclusions will be because if he says it's in favor of C9, my YouTube channel is going to get nuked. But if he says in favor of Mad, then I'm I'm a little sad. But uh, what what do you think of this? Is is there much of a difference? Do you agree with the caller that C9 is, is a bit of a head? I don't know. Um, I don't think C9 is a bit ahead. Uh, and I, I think we talked about this in the recap a little bit. But the thing that's weird is Mad Lions were very consistent in where they were bad and inconsistent, which was like the mid-game. And they, they generated a lot of leads, and then they lost those leads, and then they would kind of recover from there and then often win the game. Um, they also had a number of times where they actually fell behind, but then came back into it. Um, and so a lot of those were their own mistakes. Like they would often throw their leads away, not like it was just the other team making insane plays come back. Um, so that's a concern for them. But for C9, they just legitimately didn't really show up a couple of days. And then they had a great day today and went 3-0 and showed what I think every all the NA fans expected C9 to look at the entire time, um, or to look like, excuse me. But you know, that's still a concern that when you get to the higher pressure rumble stage again, you, you you might fall back into this, like, oh, the pressure gets to them a little bit and they, they don't adapt well and, and stuff like that. So um, in that sense, it is more concerning for me for C9 um, because it was really only one day where I thought they looked really well, whereas at least with Mad Lions, I'm like, okay, you guys are really aggressive. You're great about making advantages. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, you do just, you just have a problem you need to fix in the next week about your mid game, which is a tough problem to solve. It's not negligible, but um, it's at least like if they play, I expect Mad Lions to constantly be making plays where you might see this game from C9 where Blabber gets shit on by El Yoya and then nothing happens the entire game, which is what bad C9 looks like. Um, that my, that C9 might rear its head again. That scares me, and that's why I personally lean towards uh, Mad Lions a little bit over the course of the group stage. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Swiper and Spooks, before I get your opinions on this. Mad has kind of an extra day to prepare uh, 
before the next stage, right? Because they played yesterday and C9 played today. I mean, we have teams that played several days ago. So uh, is that actually significant? Do you think that there's any kind of advantage there in having this extra time? Um, oh. okay. I was just going to say, um, I'm kind of of the opposite opinion. You like the momentum. As yeah, as the player, I kind of liked playing in succession, especially if you're coming off like a really good day like C9 had today. Um, I mean, I, I think like the drafts and like this meta, I think there's not like some crazy thing you can scout from like the C9 games today um, that, that's not just like like known information, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, as a player, for sure, I much prefer just like going into it um, the, the next day and keeping that momentum going. Yeah, I mean, I'm in of agreeance with Sam in the fact that just because C9 played so well today, I'm not sure what Mad can actually take from it. I wouldn't say like so, so well, but like they were pretty hard to crack. If you're watching them VODs, like they just were pretty consistent when Blabber's just not running it. So <laughs> that was good. Well, here, I'm going to ask both of you guys this and then Fez, uh, just be ready. Maybe I'll, I'll toss it back to you and you can tell. You can say who you agree with or why you disagree with Mark or whatever on, on his assessment. Uh, but Swiper and Swicks, we're going to pretend that you guys don't current don't currently work in North America, and you guys are the international neutral arbiters of the Mad Lions Cloud Nine situation. Uh, you know what? What do each of you think of of these two teams, and is, are they are they even, or is one a little bit ahead of the other? Um. Well, yeah. Funnily enough, me and Sam we're actually having a big conversation about this earlier today. Um. I personally prefer C9's playstyle when they're at their best just because that's like how I like to play the game is like slow stacking dragons low dragon being, stacking yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing for like them team fights where I think Mad Lions show a lot of disrespect in their play which is not a bad thing they actually just create a lot of opportunities and capitalize on them sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh, I think right now they are pretty even honestly um, I think if both teams show up uh, I actually do have C9 in a slight advantage, but it's not, it's like, it's pretty 50-50. Like, I'm sort of lying when I say that. It's just like, it's hard for me to predict, like, who will actually beat them, but it's definitely one of the closer years of, like, the two regions. I think it's, yeah, the closest it's been in a while. Very political answer, Dos. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it is. Well, fine, Spooks, <laughs> give us the non-political answer. Give us the real yeah, talk, God. right? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think Mad Lions is better. I think... Yeah, I mean, kind of just touching on it, it's like a, everyone's kind of mentioned it, but it's like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword in a sense. Like when you go into mid-game and you're testing your limits and you're like playing a 2v2 knowing you're at TP disadvantage and then like you die. But it's like sometimes when you know your limits that well, it's going to work and you're going to force their TP and you get an even bigger lead. And I think that's kind of like how Mad Lions play the game. Um, as opposed to C9 are very calculated, slow. They're willing to give up Herald for Drakes and just like get first set up on Dragon every single time. And it's like pretty predictable almost in a sense. I think Blabber's path down every single game and taken Dragon around eight minutes every single game. Um, but I, I much prefer like the the free flowing, like fast gameplay where you're very opportunistic. Kind of kind of like the LPL, like RNG kind of play style. Um, and I think especially on match days, it's like under pressure. That's kind of where, where you thrive. Or where you see like big players step up when they're willing to take those risks, um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely leaning on Mad Lions. Fez, why are Mark and Spooks wrong? Well, like I said, it, I I kind of agree with Swipers, kind of 
more political answer, I guess you could say, because it is really hard to tell. But I think Sven said it in an interview today. I think the keeper C9, just because of the jitters that Blabber has been suffering for, is just securing lane prio so they can help him with Scuttle and get him the lead that he needs to get going. Because I feel like Blabber is like a freight train. If you derail him early, it's just a disaster the whole game. But if you if you start babysitting him early and helping him get those leads, then Blabber becomes this factor that is really difficult for the opposite team to deal with. I feel gotcha. like there's like a couple someone something's gonna crack in in these like these games. Like Kaiser and Karzi have been really good over the group stage, as have been Sven and Vulcan. And like I feel like one of these bot lanes is gonna get the better of the other bot lane. I feel like El Yoya is either going to crap on Blabber or it's it's like not it's going to be pretty even in them trading kills. And then like I could see Top also being just like this kill fest because Arma is really aggressive and like all play-ins he has been killing people and then dying himself. He, uh, I, I joked about it, but he died every game. He got solo killed every game of their final day. <laughs> and like he still was having good games in, in that situation. So that's the kind of player he is. So I think mid lanes will easily be the most consistent and the rest of the maps are states are actually pretty volatile with any game i could just see like one of the team's players just blowing up yeah i mean mark do you think there's any concern that if if mad lions like to play this more chaotic uh what free-flowing i think was the word that spooks use I like that um word. way is that is that potentially going to become an issue at all for for c9 in these games if like they get into it and then suddenly you've got these guys just mad lions charging at you I mean, I think, like, Mad Lions is better at that play style in general, but, like, it's not like C9 is opposed to getting scrappy-ass games. Uh, like, Perks, Perks is obviously down to to scrap it out. I think so is Blabber and especially the top side of the map. Vulcan gets in on it, too. So, I mean, like, I, th I think Mad Lions is just better at, at forcing action when it's not, like, an obvious, like, it's a Drake fight. Um, so, yeah, I think they're better at it. But I don't think C9 is, is like, old... NA teams where we're just like so slow they're and not so a team bad. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're much more dynamic than that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Fez, I I, I will give you a little bit of time for your your extra topics because normally we don't do these uh these broader conversations, but I think we've got some sp uh, some space for it. So you were saying a little bit about you're you're frustrated that there's a lot of people coming out after it in North America. I, I don't know if you want to elaborate on what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I've been a long time LCS fan, pretty much. How, since how long? pretty much almost the inception of the league so i've been playing since beta i'm an old boomer but um basically i just think like this year particularly and maybe it's just all the money and people memeing and stuff like that but i think it's it just gets a little bit kind of annoying how everybody every chance they get they're like oh and he's doing bad this is great because now we can shit on him because they spent too much money or they have too many imports it's, it's just like a laundry list of excuses but when NA, you know, I'm not NA, but when LEC or any other region, you know, craps the bed, like all the good excuses come out and all the, you know, basically baby pampering for them happens. Where uh, Actually, can you give me an example of some of the the baby pampering that you're seeing? Oh, like, like, like LEC for, for was really hilarious to me when C9 lost the DFM, like the sky was falling for all NA fans, all the LEC fans were pointing and when mad was doing terribly against these other wildcard region teams 
uh, everybody's like, oh, no, it's okay. They're like G2. They're just going to lose, and it's not going to be a big deal. Because oh, yeah, they're, they're having a happy game, I think is what right, they say. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and but the funny thing is, Matt is not G two, not even not even close to their experience and their highs that they've gotten to in the past. I mean, I I kind I kind of agree with that last point, though. I think it's kind of dangerous to say, but it it it, it is kind of interesting that like when we lose to a wild card team, it's like lol wild card loss, and then I I feel like that is not. I think the the difference might just be that like there's much more faith that Mad Lions will make it out of that group. And so them losing to that wildcard team was not as spooky as when we lost well, to a wildcard team, right? And they were 3-0 at that point. We were 0-2. So, like, it wasn't exactly the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say similar. I just think um, NA got hit really hard because it was our second loss in a row. And I we did look pretty poopy in them two games. <laughs> um, so... Uh, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit even. Like, when EU does bad, they definitely cop a lot of flack as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm on that mindset. I feel like it's more bantery, though, more than, like, serious, like, flame and hate that a lot of NA players receive. That's, you know, it's it's tough. Well, like, I think about this sometimes because I'll talk to some of the, the EU, like, the LEC talent, and they will talk about how vicious the NA fans can be. And it's it's interesting because I look and I'm like I don't I don't see that as much. Like I see when I say anything positive about NA, just like people coming. Like I actually would enjoy it if it felt more bantery. But there's a lot of people that just seem like mean or like uh, like just like dumb in the replies. <laughs> like uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like Cloud Nine. Clearly, I I am not. 100% in belief that Cloud9 will win MSI when a week before the event I tweet. Wow, can't wait to see MSI win or Cloud9 win MSI in a couple weeks. You'll sometimes I don't I don't know if it was on this exact tweet or whatever, but you'll get replies that are just like, "Wow, are you fucking kidding me? You idiot. Cloud9 sucks. NA sucks. LOL joke region." And I'm like, "Okay. That's not really banter. Uh like there's uh, perhaps Perhaps a little more cleverness would be appreciated. Um, I don't know. Uh, I so but but I have been told that like NA fans will be just as shitty. So so I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I, mean, I think like Twitter anonymous fucking eggs or anime avatars are gonna be just dicks no matter what region they're supporting. And like when those people are in your mentions, you're just like shut the fuck up. But I think the subreddit is a, like there are different communities you know where these these conversations are happening and so like i'm sure for shocks or dracos or vetti or whoever it is you know like if they tweet some like slightly anti-na thing or they're just being a little critical of them which is totally fine of course some like over defensive na fan is going to slide into that combo and just say some stupid shit Fe fez but do you slide into these convos and scream at the lec broadcasters What's your Twitter handle? We're gonna go. We're gonna do. We're gonna. <laughs> how old I am? This is how old I am. I don't have Twitter. So oh, okay. Well, I. You're. Are you that much older than me? Uh, I'm 34, so I'm not that old. No, I'm, I'm turning uh, 32 in a week, so I, I think. Think older. There was one person who was very old, and he had a very big Twitter following for a long time. He doesn't have Twitter anymore. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, my, my point is just gonna be that Reddit. I think has a larger community sentiment, which is more pro EU and more anti NA. I, I feel like, you know, if, if one, like a content creator shits on NA, it'll get clipped and put on the subreddit and highly upvoted. 
which is I think where your feeling comes from, Travis, less than like the individual Twitter things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's sometimes it's just annoying because I feel like people will show up in the chat just to be shitty, and we've timed those people out or or banned them, so it might be better. But uh, all right, well, I think is there anything else to talk about on this topic? I think we might be good. Uh, Fez, th- thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say to uh, anybody out there? Uh, just wish the best of luck to C9. I hope they get uh, they catch up to everybody else and prove everybody wrong. That's all I want is NA to do good, man. Hey, That's according to you, they don't need to catch yeah. up to Mad Lions. They've already surpassed them. Well, I think the Western teams, I'll be quick about this, always say that the tournament is all about catching up to the Eastern teams. So that's why I say that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the call, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Take care. Thanks, man. I was going to say, it's also worth noting, it's not just when I say it's upvoted on the the subreddit. I mean, it's probably a lot of like, what is it called when you flail your back? You know, like the thing from uh, the Da Vinci Code? Flag. Flagellate. Flagellation, some yeah. some self-flagellation. I want to be careful because there's a yeah. I one time said a different word that begins with like it sounds kind of like that, and it was very awkward. yeah. We're not self-blowing ourselves. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I think a lot of NA fans when we lose want to go on subreddit and, and they're mad, they're pissed that their team's lost, and they want to see the people being like, "God, we suck! They're doing everything wrong." Uh, yeah, I think. That is a very good point. I think NA, t- NA fans want to go on the subreddit and be like, fucking this sucks, we're a joke. And when you go there and instead you see the top comment is like, haha, NA is a joke. It's like a j- suddenly you're pissed because you're like, no, 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 don't make fun of us. We want to be pissed at ourselves, all right? You guys shut up. <laughs> yeah, I just try to avoid Reddit. I feel like it's just a bad raid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's also in tw- tweets and twitch and all that stuff. yeah it's everywhere it is yeah. we're gonna take a quick break right now to talk about game fuel Ta-da! there's a out of focus game fuel fridge behind me um but thank you so much to mountain dew game fuel for sponsoring what we do here uh, and i've been seeing a lot of people uh, still tweeting at me talking to me about the different flavors they've been getting lately uh you can use code travis uh, at gamefuel.com and by the way, uh, this is one of the cool things I really like about Gamefield. You'll see there's a lot of, like, beverages out there that don't really have, like, the best, you know, way to just purchase them directly and, like, either a rewards program or whatever. Gamefield, I really appreciate that they've created Gamefield.com, and you can just go and place your order directly from them. You don't have to go chase these things down or whatever it is. And And not only that, but because they have this website where you can buy it directly from them, they're able to do things like the Game Fuel Rewards Program, uh, which is the uh, the Victory Pass, the Game Fuel Victory Pass, uh, that you can fill up over time uh, with with each one of your orders. So go over to GameField.com. Do me a favor. If you're in the Twitch chat right now, we'll do exclamation mark uh, GameField. I just did it a second ago in the chat. You can, you can click on that link. Uh, or if you're in the, uh, the YouTube VOD right now, you can go click this in the description. There's also, obviously, if you're on Spotify, you can go find it on the YouTube VOD. But doing so really helps me. And again, you can save uh, 5% off with code Travis. Still working on a cool little project that we'll have uh, with them. I can't I can't talk too much about it, but we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Just a, just a fun little community event that we're trying to do uh, for some folks uh, who like to watch the channel. Uh, but thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, lately, I, I will say... I am out of the the orange, and I I've it's funny. I my favorite 
is probably still charred cherry burst if you're thinking about a flavor. But their uh, their orange flavor, I have. I'm now. I'm sad that I'm out of it because for a while I was really. And the I orange, didn't get any. I didn't try it. Yeah, yeah, because you like the you like the zero calorie versions. Which, by the way, I should mention there are those because some people say, oh, you know, I try to find something that's a little less heavy on the calories, and they do have a zero sugar pack. Um, that that's the one that Mark likes. But Mark, if you ever try try the orange, we can we can make that happen. You think you could get like a slingshot and shoot it from your rooftop to my rooftop yeah people might not know this but mark moved to my neighborhood very recently so whenever i walk out on my balcony i can see his place if i stand on my roof and he stands on his roof we can wave yeah he lives mm. down in the uh i live up on a hill he lives kind of down i'm uh, in the valley yes exactly of our neighborhood of, of one street yes uh but by the way when you're waking up at 6 a.m to watch some msi and you want something that's kind of like orange juice, but isn't to start your day? An orange game fuel. I've done it. Nice. It's it, it wakes you up. It's good. All right, let's let's head on. Game fuel and copium. It's let's a go, yeah. it's a hell of a combo. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go on to our next caller. Uh, we're having a fun time tonight. Okay. Uh, Easy Ginger 6, thank you for the Prime. Zyner, thank you for the one month. And Real Foxy 1, 42 months. 42, there's just something about that number. Hey, I get that that reference. And Fishsticks 44, almost two years. Uh, thank you, Fishsticks 44, for the sub. Got a couple more colors left on the show. Looks like we got our next one. Gots Milk 9 is here. Where are you calling from? I am calling from lovely Tacoma, Washington, uh, up here in the great Pacific Northwest. Nice. Oh. I read a big article recently about there's a massive earthquake that might happen off the coast of uh, Washington at some point in time. So maybe we look into that. Between a mountain and a giant body of water, our doom is inevitable. It's yes. just kind of a, a fun knife to live, live on, and uh, that's why I think I'm a good NA fan. Good. Yeah. Well, hey, very good point. Uh, living, living on the edge constantly. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Well, I think I'm going to build a little bit on Fez's NA point earlier about NA being a punching bag when we're down. And for me, this is the reason why the C9 PSG talent should be the hottest rivalry of MSI. Of MSI. So here's why. Uh, considering NA's performance at international tournaments, especially last year's Worlds, the minor region's pathway to broader legitimacy is perhaps rightfully so through NA, not LCK, LPL, or EU. We have a target on our back because we constantly seem to show blood. And I think this was specifically highlighted by Hanabi's comments where he said that he thought any team besides C9 had a chance to reach the rumble stage. So I think where this kind of pivots to is I think that the performance gap between minor regions and NA this year is going to be a more reliable for gauge for the NA rebuild or rehab or whatever you want to call it than how we match up to the other major regions, especially with new NA talent potentially getting to play in international competitions at Worlds this year. So this is one of the reasons that I like loved the dunking on Bugax earlier today as an NA fan in the C9 INF game, because uh, it's nice to not be a nervous wreck against minor region teams and enjoy some dominance. So in sum, I think there is a legitimately interesting angle to the PSG Talon C9 matchup that the broadcast should hype up as a narrative, especially as they are probably the most likely team to bump C9 out of the top four. So pretty much in sum, it's primed to either exploit our worst anxieties as a fan base or justify having a bit of hope that we're moving forward. Okay, so just to, to do the, the short version of it, 
<laughs> NA are the gatekeepers of access to the, the higher echelons. We're at the gate. You got to get past us to hang with the big boys. And you think PSG might be up next uh, or might be the first people at the gate to try to, to try to get in. Is that a good way of putting it? I think so, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, see, I hadn't really thought about uh, PSG as an option um, in part because I feel like that region it's kind of in this weird state where like they oftentimes do outperform us or, you know, get past us. I mean, the amount of times like flash wolves and folks have, have, have surpassed us. But then I think because they're not LPL or LCK or EU, they just don't get the, that big of an attention. Mark, are you busy? You're busy trolling people in, uh, in, in Twitch chat. Um, are you muted right now? I think you're also muted, Mark. You're all over the place right now. Get your head in the game. I was saying, I was replying to Peter saying NA equals the Chris of MSI. And I was like, no, don't say that. Gotcha. That's an old um, reference. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like this take. Uh, not even just like, a, oh, you know, from the talk, smack talk angle. But I think it's true that, you know, we are the most exposed. And whenever NA has failed to MSI, it's because Flash Wolves are, you know, has, has gone over us. And so realistically... I mean, there's a chance Mad Lions chokes, right, and they, they don't get out. But realistically, the there's there the three worthy people or like the three expected people, but two one's gonna miss is uh, C9, PSG, and and Mad Lions. So that's why I think it's interesting, and especially just given that in general NA has a larger target on its back, it's it's why it's really interesting to watch. Um, where though, even though you could argue like PSG Mad Lions is, is just as important, um, there there's a little bit more personal grudge on the line it feels like um yeah i mean i agree i i think psg does get overlooked a little bit uh, i don't think they've necessarily played bad like they took my lines to pretty close games um i think yeah i think they have a solid shot to actually do well against uh the, the upper teams in the bracket i wouldn't put them as low as like pantanet or anything like that i would just put them in the same bracket as uh eu and na yeah so i think it'll be interesting seeing their matchups and I agree. Yeah, you could get a good narrative out of it for sure. Yeah, I I guess it's interesting because I just I doubt that they will actually pick that torch up on the broadcast, which I don't even mean as like a criticism. I just think I think it's tough whenever you're you're in the West and you're like, well, the big rivalry is EUNA, and I'm sure that there's some shit posters that would be like. <laughs> EUNA, NA isn't a rival, blah. Don't but you like have to a, win for it to be a rivalry? Yeah, <laughs> but I think those people are saying that because they, they feel a rivalry, right? Like they care so much to say those comments because of that. So, um, uh, But I, I wonder if there is an opportunity here uh, to kind of hype this up. I do like this take, uh, Godsmilk. Um, I don't know. I, I, Spooks, if you have any, any thoughts on this. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess jumping off the back of what the other guys have said, I think that there's no reason why, honestly, like PSG, C9, and Mad Lions, honestly, it, from what I've seen, it feels like any of those teams can take a game off each other. Um, so I kind of clump them in together based on what I've seen so far. But honestly, it, it's obviously hard to get like a good grasp of that right now. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think it's like a pretty competitive playing field between the three right now. Um, so so there's potential for storylines for sure. I yeah I wor now I'm a little worried because I feel like we're not we're perhaps not paying enough attention to PSG, especially because 
I mean, people, I think it's, there's been multiple folks that have now said that there have heard this rumor that cloud nine was getting stomped by PSG and scrims early in the tournament. Now again, scrims and again, early in the tournament, but there's a very good chance that it does come down to either cloud nine or PSG being that fourth place team to get in. Uh, especially if you, if you're the, of the opinion that mad lions and Damwon and, and RNG are, are pretty safe, uh, to get through. And so there probably should be a big focus on like, Hey, are these guys going to end up shoving their way past NA to get into the top four? And I don't know, I guess the only question I have for, for both for, I mean, the three of you is what did you think of PSG? Cause I, I, I remember Mark on one of our post, uh, post a streams, we were talking about perhaps they were a little overhyped or they didn't deliver on mm. the rumors that we saw actually over the course of this. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about the three of you guys. I think, uh, I mean, I guess PSG was mad. I think it was like day one, but it was pretty one-sided towards Mad Lions, I think. Yeah. It was like some like 28-minute game or something like that. Um, but, I mean, best of ones, again, it's like hard to get like the best read. Maybe maybe the gap between those teams isn't as close as maybe I mentioned before. Um, yeah, I mean, because it's like they, they versed Mad and then they versed like two wildcard teams. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I don't have the greatest read. Maybe maybe one of the other guys does. Um, PSG stuck. That's my read. Boom. There it is. There it and is. They went four and two in groups. <laughs> well, it, I guess I'm also just looking at this as as the measuring stick from the NA fan base. Like for me, the PSG game is going to be the one that I'm going to be sweating on most because if we drop games to yeah uh, you know to LCK or LPL like you know I can live with that but like if we're dropping games to PSG just like psychologically especially after the whole last offseason where we had this huge conversation again about what's NA going to do if we're not being competitive or really pushing our edge against PSG specifically I think that that's just where I'm I'm starting to get worried that we're still stuck in neutral Right. And I guess I'm just kind of curious, like, is PSG the measuring stick? Is Mad Lions the measuring stick? Like, what should we be looking for as an NA fan base to say we are definitively making progress at a region as a region at these international tournaments? I think top four in Rumble is the measuring stick. And and the reason why PSG feels like the, the team to look at is because we assume that they're the team, like I just said, like they're probably the team that would be likely to spoil us uh, getting out. Uh, maybe Pendanet will fuck us over with the game or something. Who knows? But uh, but PSG's the team that would most likely take that spot from us. So I don't think everybody's going to be like, like let's say we lose to PSG, but we still make it in, out of Rumble. I don't think everybody's going to be like, oh, no, we made it to the bracket stage, but fuck, we lost to PSG. You know, we are not that good. I, I think just placing top four is is really the place where we need to be in order for people to feel like, okay, look, we proved we're still top four. And that, that could be that one of these other three teams drop out for PSG. I feel like uh, uh, PSG did not super impress me. I think they're good, and they're clearly better than the wildcard regions. Um, and I think that, you know, they could easily beat C9 in a best of one and stuff. But I, I at least from what I saw, um, their drafts can be a little weird uh, in terms of, like, they had the Nidalee set game. They, they I think they're the only person to play Azir. Um, currently, uh, some of that stuff. I think Kai Wing has been a bit of a disappointment, and I think will 
when we're comparing them to the other people in that kind of grouping, I think Kaiser and, and Vulcan are significantly better. Uh, Doggo, Maple are, are obviously, I think they looked really good. River was a little hit or miss. Um, and Hanabi, he's, he's, he's good. And I could see, you know, like him trading kills or something with, with Fudge, but I, I actually think Fudge would probably be better than him. Though I think, uh, I think Hanabi talked, did he should talk Fudge? Or am I make, making something up? Or maybe Fudge should talk to himself in NA. <laughs> it's hard, hard to keep track of all the Fudge should talk, to be quite honest. Yeah. I, I can't remember. But uh, either way, like I, I think um, PSG coming out of groups looks like the underdog to me of, of these three teams. Um, though maybe they, they can they can turn it around. Yeah. Hey, uh, caller, Gotsmilk9. Because Mark said that he really liked your take, and because I thought it was pretty good too, I'm going to award you the Game Fuel Victory Caller of the night. Hey. So, nice. Uh, Feel free to to hit me up on Discord and and I'll get you hooked up. We'll get we'll send you a case of game feel of your choosing. Uh, really really appreciate you you calling in with a take. Is there anything you want to say uh, before we move on to one of our next callers? Yeah, quick shout out. Uh, so I work in local politics, and this is just a plea to get engaged on my favorite issue: making broadband a, a broadband internet a public utility. If you've ever complained about any shallow pool or talent of talent or high paying being bad for high elo, access to reliable high speed internet plays a role in that. That and let's be real: ISPs are ISPs are generally garbage. So for real, please, all of you listening, call your city, county, and state elected officials and let them know that internet is core infrastructure that we need to make NA competitive both economically and in esports. Thank you. I just love the idea of, of somebody calling and being like, listen, guys, Cloud9 just get sh got shit on by PSG. They're not making it out of Rumble. We need to fix our goddamn internet. Mr. <laughs> Mayor. By the way, I'm not trying to be dismissive. I agree with you that uh, Gamers the, rise the up. situation is not great. But I, I love I love just the idea of a very passionate League of Legends fan using that as, as the point. But it's a, it's a very good point, and I, I do appreciate it. And, like, my God, I wish, I mean, I am very lucky to live in LA where we got great internet, but you know, I had a stream die this week randomly. And, uh, I, I think it's crazy that my upload is still so low compared to my download. You know, I, I know there are people all over the country that have terrible latency issues and far more issues and, uh, and, uh, all sorts of bandwidth stuff. Uh, so I, I appreciate the shout out. Thanks so much for the call and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yep. Have a good one. He spoke very well. Kind of like did. a kind of like a radio host kind of yes. vibe. Cle clearly, well, if he he says he cares a lot about politics, so if that man mm, is uh, headed into now. politics, perhaps that's he's practicing his his speeches. I mean, mm. I mean, it's definitely like if you ask one per me one person, like who who tonight has a background in politics, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we did say Swiper had a very political answer on one of these, um, so perhaps he. Sure. He has the uh, the background of politics. All right. Uh, oh my gosh, Mark is running off to grab somebody just in time for me to see. Lash Brown, thank you for the prime. Really appreciate it. Clock Cruncher subbed for five months and said, "Wait for it," and then gifted ten subs to the channel. Thank you so much, Clock Cruncher. You're at ninety-one gifted subs uh, over the course of this. So thank you for the uh, the ten subs. Continuing. Hotline League, my cash cow. This is what rakes in the money. And we're going we're gonna to need those subs because, by the way, I should say this right now. Mark and I are going to be doing a hot tub stream. If you've missed oh. us talking about this, 
uh, our post day post MSI days uh, where we've been doing we got a hot tub it's been ordered over it's at all on Ovalie's back porch you know we're doing a bunch of we've take, taken some time for Mark to get his vaccination going in him and all that stuff we're gonna be safe about it uh, but starting this Friday unless there's some sort of technical issue I'm headed over there tomorrow to, to check check it out make sure we're good uh, we will be doing Hot tubs, hot tub streams. I spent seven hundred fifty dollars on a uh, blow up hot tub. So your subs are going to have to we that. worked out any sort of monetization scheme around this? No, <laughs> people have been asking like, hey, if I sub, what do I get? I know that there's like for big donors, you're supposed to. So I have right not on your body, right? I have not. Uh, I know this might, forehead. This, this yeah. might come as a shock to some people. I don't watch very many hot tub streams. I'm aware of the meme, and obviously if I go to Just Chatting, I see them all up there. But I don't know what the monetization revenue thing is. Uh, Swiper Spooks, are you guys aware of the revenue? Yeah, do you guys, do you guys know the meta? Yeah, you're just going to get a big dinosaur or something. Just be, get a texter. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have um, seen a name on a forehead or two. Okay. So, so is, your is forehead is your hot right revenue point. Yes. Huh. I would totally have thought other, other parts. Totally haven't tuned in any though. Okay. Well, Travis, you gotta go do some research. You know, if if Tra if Kobe walks past your room and he sees you with these hot tub streams open, you have an excuse now to be like, no, 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 no. This, so this is market research. I'm learning the meta, much like Claude <laughs> Nine trying to figure out how to succeed at MSI. I'm trying to figure out how to succeed in a hot tub with Mark. Uh, we're going to get to the caller really quickly, but on that same note, thank you to Max Drixton for the uh, gifted 10 subs, Zamelki for the, the community sub as well, gifted sub, and uh, C-Sharped Hond. And we, oh, and uh, so hey, there's some other folks, but I, I'm going to grab you guys uh, after this call just so that we don't derail too much. Uh, Mr. Illuminate is here. Mr. Illuminate, where are you calling from? Uh, Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators. Okay. Gainesville, yeah. Florida. What do you want to talk about on the show? Oh, first, um, about your floaty thing, you should get a giant like floaty of game fuel. I think that'd be a great idea. I don't know if we have enough time to commission a giant game fuel floaty, but <laughs> I, I'm also it's. I need to talk to the game fuel brand team to know. Actually, thank you. I'm meeting with them tomorrow. I don't think I can get them a floaty, but I should probably ask them if they want how much they want the game fuel to be being drink on the, the hot tub stream. Um, anyway, sorry. Continue. What's your build hot yeah. tub with game fuel? What do you got for us, Mr. Illuminate? Um, so I think that the rumble, um, the rumble stage will show that RNG is like a step above the rest of the competition. But I think that Dom One has the highest ceiling if they get their ducks in a row. In okay. So, well, let me just ask you, because we were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. You think uh, rumble stage is going to be generous to RNG. Which of these two teams do you think gets out first? Uh, RNG for sure. RNG, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what what makes you feel like uh, Damwon has the higher ceiling? So I think Damwon is still by far the best team fighting team. I think that as long as they can get to that stage of the game, it's kind of like old T1 or SKT back then where like the game's just even and then they have just one team fight and just win the game. And I think if Damwon can get to that stage, then they can just beat everybody. So I think the way to do that is to draft better, more like scaly team comps, where even if you fall behind a little bit, they can still come back and win the game. 
And so I think that their drafts right now are really, you know, the term sinful. Oh, boy. So I You're think... one of those. <laughs> no, I'm I know, just I'm I know not, what streams I'm, I'm you watch. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm just, I don't know how else to describe it, really. But they're really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really game-focused. So I think, I mean, obviously you shouldn't do, like, Karma ADC and stuff like that. But I think some sort of, like, insurance policy is good. But the reason I think that RNG is the best is because they're playing Damwon first, and Damwon just played. They're not going to have that much time to adapt and, you know, get things in order. So I think that RNG is just going to sweep all the teams. Also, people are saying that, you know, they just pub stomp, but it's still hard to get a 7k gold lead at 15 minutes, no matter who you're playing against. I think just like in LPL, they tower dive level three over and over again every game and most teams just can't handle with that and i think in a best of one setting they'll just keep going over and over again and they'll just win every game all right which one of you wants to take this first nobody wants to take it first okay i'm throwing it to mark as a veteran of the show what do you think of this take i know i know you're fading you're fading i can see it on your face um I mean, I generally agree. This is what you and I were kind of talking about, I think, on one of our recap shows, which is that RNG looks way better right now, uh, regardless of the whole group quality level thing that we discussed a little bit. But I think there is that feeling still that when best, best fives roll around and Coma breaks out the belt and there's, you know, there's less experimenting going on, they might end up winning MSI still. Uh, I think some of that's like the mystique of being world champions and only... Con being different and crashing LCK and all that stuff. And I also think it has to do with like RNG having a lot of players that world's people or like uh, international viewers are not super familiar with. Like other than Zhao Hu and Ming, you probably haven't heard of most of these people if you, you hadn't been watching LPL all year. Um, and so I think it, it gives like something I even fall into with the bias about being like, well, of course, Dom Juan's got the higher ceiling. Um, but I don't know. I might be like believing it less and less as as I think about the the games. Um, I, I feel like yeah, Spooks had a really good term for it, like free flowing, which is what I think makes RNG so good. Is that they all work so well together, and they like get up to protect Zhaohu when he's struggling. Like Ming's insane at roaming. Uh, Wei and Cryan can kind of do whatever the team needs, and it doesn't feel like anyone is the guy like the resource guy whereas like Khan is clearly not the guy I, I don't feel like there's anyone who's not the guy on this team and i don't feel like there's anyone who is like showmaker a little bit um or canyon for for dk and in that sense they're actually an insanely well-rounded team and sometimes that makes it harder especially when it's like people like myself i haven't watched as much of that like you kind of just start underrating them and I, I, i'm pro i've probably underrated some of the rng players more than i should have so I don't know. I think I might be slowly talking myself out of the whole DK higher ceiling thing, even though I initially spouted it. I said the same thing. Dude, I think everybody's just like, oh, Damwon is good, and they won Worlds. And yeah. uh, and I, I think Damwon might... Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're going to learn a lot in Rumble, but I, I'm i wondering if everyone is, is overestimating, uh, overestimating them. Swiper think, um... and Spooks. Yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I would almost have, well, I would think that most people would have kind of the opposite take, where it's like, 
as Darmon is like, I like the world champions and like they've shown the most consistent performances despite like one C9 game potentially. Um, you would think that most people would think they're the team to beat and then RNG with like the more volatile play style but have shown more flash flashes of brilliance, I suppose. I like that potential highest ceiling. Um, I think that would be like my, I think that would be like my overarching like look on it. Um, so yeah, but but that's also why I prefer like how RNG play the game. I think like when like push comes to shove, you want those like star players like take over the, the moment and look for those opportunities. And um, I think like when they versus each other, that's gonna be what, what changes the, the outcome of the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm still under the same opinion that we talked about earlier. I just think RNG is better right now in like in this meta and this like play style that's showing at MSI. I mean, if it evolves and turns into a slower game, then maybe Damon is a smarter is like a smarter team when it comes to really like around objectives and stuff. But just the way that the game is looking right now, I just would really favor like RNG's play style. And yeah, we're talking like this flowing flowing state. It's it's actually a thing in these games. Like the team that looks more decisive and like just plays on these opportunities just generally is taking the game so i don't think that's going to change anytime soon mr eliminate oh go ahead mark i have a question for the os guys uh what do you think is like the biggest question mark for each team like that would get exploited or whatever to to make them lose like if rng and you know when they play head to head here and later on the group stage what is it that you think will like kind of break the series in someone's favor first off um i think like rng will definitely just start strong um i just think it'll be if damon can like slow the pace of the game down and sort of play that korean like style uh but previously and even at worlds i think like the, the lpl play style is just starting to become more meta and just like this early game pace is just yeah i i, I just feel if they can stop like the aggression then potentially they can win but i just think the solo lanes of lpl specifically like are just looking really strong um and yeah i yeah i think rng just take it right now i think um my take is a jungle matchup i think like i mean canyon is like the guy like canyon is becoming like the new faker in a sense like everyone's like when you reference like the best player in the world just like yeah canyon right um and he showed at worlds he's kind of like deserving of that um i've been watching like a lot of way like this split and i think he is really like really insane it's not it's not a player that people are talking about like too much at the moment um but i think he's like really good at seeing opportunities like even even just like those mid dives where he flashes over the wall on rumble it's oh, like yeah. a lot of a lot of junglers that i've worked with it's really easy to fall into the habit of kind of like okay i'm going to clear to x objective on this timer i'm going to get set up this vision it's like he seems to notice those opportunities more often than most of the junglers in the scene right now. Um, and I'm like really excited about like what he can potentially show in these games. And like Canyon is just kind of, he's already at that that level, right? That like stardom. Um, so I think it's kind of like the newcomer versus the, the legend. And I think jungle matchup is gonna kind of decide or swing swing the, the game between these two. Well, we'll have to see how things go. Uh, Mr. Illuminate, thank you so much for the call. Anything you wanna say before we go on to our Oh, last caller. Um, I was just gonna ask you guys what you think like Don Juan's play style is. I don't know if that's okay to ask. Um, but my thought was that 
the reason I think that they'll end up being better than RNG in best of fives is that, like, RNG, most LPL teams, like, if they're ahead, they like to get more ahead and just end the game early. But Dom1 is, like, they're ahead and they'll just sit on that lead and slowly chip you down. But I think that Dom1 is really good at capitalizing on mistakes. They're not really an aggressive team, but they're explosive. If you, like, give them a chance for um for them to, like, capitalize on a mistake suddenly the gold lead goes up by five times. So I think that RNG, you know, they'll have a gold lead or they'll do a good play, but they'll make a mistake, and then the game's just over from there. Dom 1 just, just slowly ramps up over and over again, and that's how games are lost to them. I think that's how the series will end in the final. I don't, I don't know if we have time to go through the roundtable, so I don't know if one of you guys has a really strong answer on this. Otherwise, I can kick it yeah. over to Mark. I, I got a pretty strong... I think that, like... Damwon, a great example of their playstyle is their first game against C9. They're like really good at shutting out your conditions. Um, like when Blabber popped bot to like his quote unquote priority lanes and he's playing Kindred into Morgana, he's like, Kindred's obviously like really farm reliant. Um, like Morgana, it seemed like they have a set play to like close out that condition for C9 where they just like cross through mid, they use mid prior and their bot lane all ins on that timing that like mid jungle are moving down bot. And that just like completely closes out like their pushing bot lane and their jungler's ability to get ahead in the matchup which is what Kindred needs to do to win the game. Um, I think that example of like Dalmon's planning around shutting out enemy conditions is, is kind of a play style in a nutshell. There you go. Thanks, Mr. Illuminate. Any any quick shout outs? Um, no shout outs. Just thanks for having me on. It was my first time and I really yeah, enjoyed course. it. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, bye. Uh, it's Chapeson. Bye. Bef before Mark grabs our next caller, I have, uh, I know we're a little bit over time, so I'll have to do this quick, but I have two questions for Spooks and Swiper. Same question for both of you. Uh, so first, have either of you ever seen the 1996 film Space Jam? Yes. Big fan. Yeah, I think I have. I'd have, okay. like, I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's not memorable. Okay, so as you, as you may well, know, and for those that are uninformed on the topic, uh, the villains in the film are uh, alien monsters who steal the powers of NBA athletes um, to face off against the Looney Tunes. And I am curious if, and I know you're no longer players, but you were quite recently, if you were to steal the powers of any, the power of any uh, specific LOL pro, which which power would you steal? Uh, which player? Um, I oh. mean, if we're talking like, like, it doesn't have to be a current player, then I really like the way Flame played on like CJ Blaze and stuff. And I'm like, just, I was a major fanboy of his play style. Just about how he like, I feel like he's like strangling his opponents. It, just to put it like that. Just how he laned was very impressive. And just the way that he moved around the map. I don't know. I just really liked the way he played the game. So. All right, old man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boomer one. <laughs> I would, uh, I would take FBI's APM. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want that, like, get the mechanical keyboard, like, the 300 actions per minute. Like, you yeah, I think it's just... click a... going constantly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's all about. Um, it's funny. We ha I, I told Travis that he needs to get the advanced version of this question because in the actual movie, they stole the powers of five of the pro players, and it wasn't Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the protagonist. But, like, the players that they stole the powers from were not, like, the greatest of all time. Like, maybe, you know, Charles Barkley's probably the best one. But then it's, like, Cl Christian Leitner, Latner, whatever his name is, Muggsy Bogues. It's, like, a bunch of, like, 
people who are more like unique than they are. I, like, I doubt either of these two lovely gentlemen know who those folks I, are because my point. Mugsy bugs. I don't know. There, there you go. So Christian was just like he wasn't actually that great. He was just like a good college player. He was a tall white guy uh, who was like fine. There's like really no reason he had he should have been picking that movie. They just picked him. My point is that like the best version of this question, if someone actually knew Space Jam well, would be like, what powers are the aliens stealing from the current pros? Because they're not just taking Faker and Canyon and like the best. They're like putting like this weird amalgamation of like play you have to have a top, you have to have a mid, you have to have a jungle. And usually like they all have like pretty unique strengths. Like Muggsy Bogues was like five dicks or whatever the fuck he was while being a pro basketball player. I feel like yeah, you would end up alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just random, like really pocket shit like that. Well, hmm. there we go. That's a good Is question. Is it not Christian Lettner? P yeah, people have been uh, accusing, have been saying that you, you've gotten some of these names wrong throughout it, and I, I, I got Sean Bradley and Sean Kemp confused. I admit that one. Uh, Seaman Demon yeah. 22 oh. is saying Barkley, Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy, and Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. Okay. No, I thought I, I don't know why I thought Sean Kemp was taken too. Patrick Ewing, I remember. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I I don't remember this movie that well either. So <laughs> <laughs> the best version of this, uh, if you know the movie very well, was Christian Latner the random white guy who ended up on the Dream Team? Is that what I'm thinking of? 1992 Dream Team. Anyway, thank you, Aeropsia Aeropsia Music, White Tiger thirty seven nine Rob, uh, Zemelsi, I believe I got before C Sharp, uh, D nine TV for the two gifted subs. Very generous of you. Thank you to uh, everybody who helped us complete that scam train. Thanks, Mark, guys. Mark, are you grabbing the next caller? Oh, there he goes. Okay. I, normally, I, when I'm reading these subs out, Mark goes off. This time, he just... I think he was too busy reading Twitch chat and obsessing over the Space Jam situation. It's more interesting than anything else we're talking about tonight. Okay. I'm well, obsessed with this question. <sighs> a thar I, by the way, I promise that this is not... We are not being paid to promote Space Jam 2, which is coming out in July. <laughs> yeah, it's a new movie, right? The, yeah. the, the like timing of mark creating i actually i guess i shouldn't say i'm not being paid mark may be secretly being paid that movie looks like, like shit and i'm gonna hate watch it okay well <laughs> uh atharva's here atharva where are you calling from uh, i'm calling from king of prussia again uh in pennsylvania yeah uh, yes okay welcome back what do you want to talk about on the show uh honestly i'm just here because i'm so freaking psyched that the boys in blue got it done again <laughs> and um i <laughs> Not only did we just make it out of groups, uh, as I, I should probably elaborate for people that don't know me, I'm a huge C9 fan, have been since season three. Uh, but like, not only did we make it out of groups again, uh, not only did we take down the world champions, but we did it by like doubling down on the way that we play the game. We didn't take our jungler for a walk. We enabled him and it, uh, played through his playstyle. We didn't shy away from playing through Fudge because of the uh, week one mishaps. We we literally first picked our boy Lee Sin so he could gap Korea's number one seed. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just like yeah. so proud to be a C9 fan today, and like the coaching staff deserves mad props. Um, and I love that the team that I love can continue to be like the consistent beacon of hope for NA over and over again. Uh, 
so that that was that's just my take i'm just super super happy um and yeah that's it i love your passion <laughs> i feel like i had to pull one just like super na no fan it's true it's true and show. i appreciate it um yeah i mean it, i i'll ask you guys about it this way how how reasonable is the uh the psyched vibe that's mm. going on from our caller here should we should we all feel this way in North America, especially in that Damwon game? Um, or or is there a bit of a coming down to earth here? Was Damwon not playing well? Or was was it not that sick that we picked Lee Sin and made it happen? I don't know. I think you, uh, you definitely get amongst the hype. Because I feel like as viewers or as fans, getting along the hype kind of gets your team moving forward as well. Like if, if any of those guys are like reading through Reddit or reading through Twitter... And they saw all the fans are like super hyped about how they're playing or like what they're doing in the game or like what kind of personality they're showing in the game. Um, that's the kind of shit that like makes you want to, makes you super excited to play on okay. stage. But here's what I can guarantee you. They, none of those guys are watching two hours into this show um, and to find out what we think. So I, we don't okay. know that for sure. The fan, <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Okay. So the fans are excited and should be. But is is it uh, is it a situation where like do do the the do the C nine deserve the credit that they are receiving from the fans? I guess is a good way to put it, right? Like, did they really show up against Dam One? Did they look as good as like C nine fans feel right now, or North American fans? Um, or is there like a eh, actually, if you look at it from an objective point of view? Mm. Uh, I mean, I wish they started a little bit stronger for sure. Um, I'm very happy that they had a really good day today. Specifically, like, I was happy with Fudge and how he's bounced back because I thought he had a rough, rough first couple of days. Uh, similar to, like, I guess the LCS split. But I feel like he's really finding confidence again. And, like, the least in game was a very good game by him. So, no, like, I, I was, when I was watching the games, I felt like they were playing pretty well. So, I was, um, I was impressed and, and supporting alongside everyone else. People in the chat saying Fudge is in here often. Guys, it's four in the morning in Iceland. I really hope that he's not in here right now. Oh, they just um, won. He should be coming back from the bar right now. Oh, boy. Oh Throw boy. on the stream. Uh, I don't know, Spooks or Mark, if you have a thought on this. It's kind of it's kind of a short, short conversation for sure. But I mean, like, I think um, I, I wouldn't say, like, we just took down world champ Dom Juan, you know? I mean, I know they are the world champions, but it's not like they're in world champ form right now. And I think... Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that the, this is not the peak demo on either. I don't think that that takes away from the fact that our number one seed beat their number one seed, you know? Because that doesn't we happen that even. often. We went even there's, over there's plenty, the whole group, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of times where we play the Korean number one seed, and they're not playing their best right then either, and we still get shit on. So the fact that we were able to beat them when, when they weren't playing, like, god-awful. Like, it wasn't like they turbo-inted and we had, like, a 6K gold lead at two minutes. And it's like, oh, okay, well, of course we win this game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them. You should be proud. Okay, here's here's a question for you guys. Uh, hopefully none of the EU fans have made it this far into the show either. Maybe there's a bit of hopium or copium. But who had the more impressive group stage, Mad Lions or C9 just by achievements? Because Mad Lions went 5-1, and one, but they had perhaps an easier group than we did. We might have had the strongest wildcard team. Uh, in, I mean, Pentanite, I guess, made it out. But, um, and we 
we did go even with Korea's number one seed. So, mm. Mm. excluding day one, I've, I've, I've over the whole. <laughs> I, I just from an achievement perspective, is it more mm. impressive that what C nine was able to accomplish in their group than Mad Lions? It's hard because like it, you don't really have a good read on how good PSG is. Yeah. Because if you could look at it and say like PSG are a solid team and Mad Lions kind of shit on them, then you'd be like, oh, like they were good. But I don't really know how good PSG is right now. Um, so it's like yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, beating Darmon, even like despite the fact that it's just a best of one, is, is still an accomplishment in itself. And I think that just like trumps everything that's probably happened in the group stages when comparing those two teams. So I'd probably lean on C9. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably do C9 as well. I mean, yeah, Mad played definitely well, but they did lose to Turkey. So... <laughs> what are you don't want to get any Swapper? Turkey haters over here. But, I mean, we, I mean, we lost to Japan. True, we lost to Japan. I mean, I, I thought at this tournament, Japan looked better though, than Turkey. I know I'm going to probably get copped a bit for that. Um... But the yeah, I, I, think, really I think C9, like, just beating Dumon, for me, puts them, like, a little bit above. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense. In terms of raw, singular accomplishment, Dumon was, like, the biggest win for Mad Lions or C9. Yeah, I, I guess mean, it's, it's like, weird would because... you rather go 5-1 and one in groups, or would you rather... I would rather go 5-1 and one in groups and not start the group 0-2. Like, I'd much rather ha have been Mad Lions this entire group stage. Right. But... In terms of singular accomplishment, I think you could say the C9 thing was better. Though it is, you have to take into account that, like, man, DFM almost beat them too. They're one play away. Maybe, maybe it's and not that impressive. Which just goes to show you how strong our wild card team was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe Tom one just sucks, though. We don't know yet. <laughs> maybe. <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> we are saying RNG is better. So uh, at least that's how we feel right now. All right, Atharva. You, uh, you were the, the C9 hype man, and, and certainly you did a good job of it. We try to do our best to join in on the on the hype for you. Uh, is there anything you want to say uh, before we, we say goodbye and close out the show? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, me and my friends have uh, this podcast where we were just doing analysis even just like two hours before this, and, you know, we're being realistic and all that, you know, boring stuff. It's it just like we don't get many chances to be stoked as any fans, you know? And... If I can't be excited when NA's best performing international team is now upgraded with the what I consider the greatest Western player of all time, then like when can I be excited? You know what I mean? Like so, I, I'm just I, I'm taking it one day at a time, and I'm super excited about where we're at at the moment, and excited to see what happens uh, against Mad Lions. And I, I actually have a board meeting, unfortunately, from two to three on Friday, which is scheduled at the same time as the Mad Lions game. But man, I. I hope that we just clap them cheeks. I get to look at the highlights, and I'm super excited about watching <laughs> I, So I, I'm hyped for the way that this tournament's structured so far, and I just want to send positive vibes out to all my NA fans, uh, out to all the all the boys in blue. We'll get it done. We're going to clap some cheeks. Well, Tharva, sure. by the way, you say there's not very many opportunities for NA fans to feel excited, uh, but I would say November. Uh, every year. I'm not saying because of the world finals, but I'm talking about whenever we just start to throw the millions out and catch everybody's <laughs> favorite stars from every region. Uh, thanks so much, Atharva, for the call, and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks, bro. All right. Uh, so that is the show. 
Uh, we'll go ahead and do our rant shout outs. I want to thank Swiper and, and Spooks both for being here. It was great to have you guys on. Uh, and really, I think really fun to sort of, again, make this show not just like a C9 victory festival, but also to learn a little bit about Pentanet as they move on to the Rumble stage uh, and just the oceanic scene in, in general. Mark, uh, what do you got? What do you want to plug? Nothing. Dive comes out tomorrow. I mean, that's you said nothing and then you plug something. <laughs> That was <laughs> fuck. You're right. You got me. <laughs> I well, I'll say for Mark, uh, I'll plug something for both of us. Hot, our hot tub streams start Friday on this channel after the the games, and I, there might be a little. We're gonna have to figure out the timing because I'll probably be doing interviews at the end of the day, so you might need a little bit of patience. I don't know if we're gonna turn on the stream and it'll just be Mark sitting in the hot tub for a little bit until I get there. We're gonna figure it out, uh, but tune in Friday because there'll be some sort of hot tub situation going on and hopefully we'll be doing it every day for rumble and maybe even beyond but uh back to our guest spooks what do you want to shout out where can people find you anything you want to plug um no i won't plug anything but i'll just shout out to uh my australian folks back home um good luck to uh pendant i hope you guys do well um it might be a bit of an uphill battle but i have a little bit of faith um a little faith hashtag a little bit of faith and then shout out to golden guardians we're coming in for a big, a hot split next split. All right, lads. So watch out for us. Very good. Uh, so uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, thanks to all the OS supporters, I guess. Just like cheering on Pentanet. I think they've done really well with their brand, this especially this MSI. So it's really good for the region. Um, just make sure to continue to support them, even if they might not make it to the next part. But yeah, I mean, thanks for letting us on the show. It's been a pleasure. I've tuned in a few times, so I'll be tuning into the hot tub stream as well. Just make oh, sure that you guys are doing well. <laughs> I might throw a donation or something. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you know. my forehead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's been a pleasure, though. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And uh, for everyone else, you know, we usually do these shows Monday at 7. We're, of course, doing this one, or 7 Pacific. We're, of course, doing uh, this one on Tuesday. And looking at next week's schedule, we will probably also be doing it on Tuesday just because it's it's weird to do it Monday night when there's one more day of games. So uh, just a temporary adjustment for us, and then I believe we'll be back on our Monday time. Of course, you can also find our show on uh, Spotify or whatever platform you listen to podcasts on uh, if you're interested in the audio stuff. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. This has been Hotline League, episode 172.